I'm asking all of my listeners, my proud supporters of our courageous men and women in blue to join me and express your unwavering appreciation for law enforcement. Thin Blue Line USA has stylish apparel, great accessories that make a statement and flags that fly with pride. They've got everything you need to show your support for law enforcement. Go to ThinBlueLineUSA.com and shop a wide selection of products to show up your patriotism. Use code SID and get 15% off. Stand with me, Sid, and stand with WABC as we honor those who protect and serve. ThinBlueLineUSA.com. Once again, use the code word SID. We are New York. Bernie and Sid in the morning. Talk Radio 77. WABC. We'll go home. I got the feeling of something right. Ah. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. Are you high? And I'm how I'll get down the stairs. Clouds to the left of me. Jokers to the right. right. Here I am. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, drivers in your car in the tri state area. New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, points northeast, west of uh, Ships at Sea, and everybody listening on the 77 WABC app. Download that app, folks. Very, very entertaining. Also out in eastern Long Island, you can listen to us on 107.1 FM, Hampton Bays and points east, maybe Nantucket, maybe, let's see, maybe Martha's Vineyard. Also, you can check Bernie and Sid out on the smart on your smart TVs, on your computers, at wabcradio.tv. Happy Hump Day, ladies and gentlemen, on this uh, on this Wednesday, March sixteenth, which is of course St. Patrick's Day Eve, a very celebratory day for us uh, for us mix. Can I say that? Can I say that, Sid? Is that a hate crime? Look who you're asking, Bernie. I know, right? <laughs> yes. No, we're very happy. Uh, you know, very celebratory kind of day. I'm I'm a happy guy. And, of course, uh, how are you doing, by the way, Sydney? I'm doing great on this pre-St. Patrick's Day Wednesday in New York City. How can I be bad? You Everything's great. Be. Everything is terrific. Everything is wonderful. Uh, look, you're going to have uh, – it's a big day. You're going to have this, uh, this uh, Ukrainian president, Zelensky. He's going to address a joint session of Congress, believe it or not, at 9 a.m. while we're on the air. The question is, do we take this nonsense? I don't know. No, 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 no. No, we don't take no. it. Screw them. But, no. but first of all, learn the language, all right, if you want to get on the Bernie and Sid show. <laughs> I mean, that would help, right? We're not putting on any interpreters and, the, oh, yes, I want the no-fly zone. Yeah, yeah. But we know what you want. You know what you want. You're not going to get it. But uh, anyway, that's a big deal. He's going to be, uh, uh, you know, he's going to be begging the Congress for this, that, and the other, particularly a no-fly zone. He did the same yesterday to the Canadian Parliament. The Canadian Parliament, and uh, let's see. Uh, you know what I saw? A funny meme, believe it or not, about uh, about Justin uh, Justin Trudeau, and uh, there was a picture, a meme, a picture of Justin Trudeau meeting with, uh, let's see, he was meeting with Greta Turnberg, Greta Turnberg, and uh, the, the the caption was what, what was funny, of course. So picture a Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau sitting with Greta Turnberg, and the caption is this. The most annoying little bitch on earth, 
meets Greta Turnberg. <laughs> that is funny. Yo, that's funny right there. Yeah, though, I like right? that. Yeah, that's you good. You know what I mean? That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a couple <laughs> no, of, you know what was good yesterday? <laughs> Who's the, that? The uh, Congress actually voted, uh, the Senate did, actually voted to eliminate, well, well, keep, actually keep daylight savings time. In other words, we, today would be what it would be like in perpetuity. In other words, in, in November, you would not be throwing back the clocks an hour. So uh, that's a good thing. We won't have this uh, back and forth because, of course, I hate the spring ahead part of it. I don't mind the uh, fall back, except then it gets dark early. But uh, the Senate did pass that. Uh, finally, something useful coming out of Congress, I guess, uh, which is uh, not useful. Really? Do you not think toning so? the clocks back? Of course well, not. Wait, wait, wait. It's nonsense. No, no, wait a second. Wait a second. Yeah. Do you want the clocks to uh, be turned back in November? Uh, listen, I think there's a lot more serious things. Uh, I Congress. agree. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I, I said at least some, uh, some small uh, no, positive no, I'm, I'm, I'm giving them nothing. I mean, yeah, I, I don't like when it's dark out at 430 either, but, I mean, you're talking about something that it takes about two days to get used to. You don't think about it two days after it happens while the world is falling apart and there's stuff in this country that really is a major issue. Understood. Turning clocks back and forward mean nothing to me. I, I, nothing. They, 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 the one small thing they did, actually, they did two things yesterday. How about that? Two, I'll give you two things. All right. You got the uh, clocks. We'll, we'll keep daylight savings time forever. And also, Rand Paul put forth a bill to end uh, the uh, public transportation and the uh, plain mask mandate. He actually put that bill in front of the Senate, and it passed 57 to 40. It actually passed the Senate, and uh, th- there was one Republican who voted no. One Republican who voted no to end the mask mandate on planes and public transportations, public transportation, excuse me. I'll give you a guess who that is. Go ahead. Take it away, Sid. Mitt Romney. You nailed it, bro. <laughs> you nailed it. The, the Black Lives Matter marching mutt to Mitt Romney. Yeah. So does that? when does that take place? Well, it had, it, just like the daylight savings time uh, thing, it goes to the House now. Oh, right, right, right. And, right so they right. have to approve it. and then. Uh, so when I go to California this Sunday in five days and have to be in an airplane for six and a half hours, I'm still going to be wearing a mask, aren't I? Unless they expedite the process. Would they do yes. it for me, you think? <laughs> well, you know what? I, I know people down there. I got some juice. All right. Let's do it. I got some it. juice down in the Beltway. Yeah. We're going to see what happens. I mean, at the very least, if I got to wear it on the airplane, and again, this is a long trip, California, Hawaii, you should be able to take it off in the terminal. That's really annoying, sitting there for two hours you before the plane takes off. I just I refuse to fly. It's just not happening. Well, you can't get to California, my friend, without flying. No, 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 that's true. <laughs> California would uh, do without me. My, my acting career would be in, in the toilet bowl <laughs> if, if I, indeed I had one because I ain't flying under these conditions. It's uh, too fine. stressful. Oh, stop. It's going to be 82 degrees and sunny. I'm going to be in Hollywood, California. you got to deal with the amassing for eight hours. Look, it's awful. Man, I've been back and forth to Hawaii twice. Either you, either you like it, you don't like it, you like it, well, you I mean, don't yeah, like yeah, it, you no, do no, like no, it. No, 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 I've, I've been very consistent. I've traveled to Hawaii twice, Florida, California. I didn't stop traveling because I have to wear a mask. No, but I mean, on this, uh, you're like, yeah, it was most annoying hanging out in the terminal. Yeah. And then you're like, ah, it ain't no big deal. I'm going no, to California. No, no, it's 82 no, no. degrees. It's a big deal. But when you get out eight hours later and you spend a week in 82 degrees and sunny temperatures and palm trees in Hollywood, California, you got to make an eight-hour sacrifice to enjoy a week of beautiful sunshine in California. You're not, not going to travel the rest of your life because you got to wear a mask. That's I nuts. I am labeling you a contrarian this morning. 
That's that's the, Sid the contrarian Rosenberg. Could be, could be. Hey, listen, you know another disgusting uh, thing that's happening today. A uh, SUNY Brockport, upstate, oh my God. the state of New York, a, 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 a state-sanctioned college, SUNY. A SUNY Brockport is actually honoring. They're having this guy is actually going to speak to the students. Uh, he's a paroled cop killer. This guy, uh, Anthony Bottom, he's a paroled freaking. He killed two cops, and by the way, he killed them in the most the most savage way. It was premeditated. It wasn't like during the shootout, you know, a bang, 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 bang. They're shooting at me. No, one of them was begging for their, his life. Anyway, the two cops were Waverly Jones and Joseph Piagentini, uh, but he's actually going to speak at SUNY Brockport. This is the most disgusting thing. First of all, since he was paroled, and now SUNY Brockport. If anybody knows, I mean, there are people out there listening. They have kids that go to SUNY Brockport. There's no doubt about it. Contact that college right now. Call them up and tell them, voice your displeasure. Tell them how how how... how how revolted you are by this, how nauseated you are by having this uh, Anthony Bottom speak. Can I ask you a question for folks please, that don't please. know what's going on? What is he speaking about? Why are they even having it on campus? What's he speaking about? He, he well, the, 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 the premise, the, the weak, tenuous premise, is that he was all these years a political prisoner. Oh. Yeah, right, oh. because he was with the Black Liberation Army and they had some. So he's a know, victim. Yeah, he's a victim. It would be like a, it'd be like a, a Black Lives Matter <laughs> oh person. Oh, God. Uh, who maybe shot a cop in, uh, you know, some whatever, some exchange, and they would say he he was a political prisoner because he was with Black Lives Matter. It was a it was a movement. So anyway, uh, under those uh, weak weak read thin uh, uh, pretenses, yeah, yeah, he's speaking, and it really is it's sickening. Called, it's analogous to uh, years ago when uh, Meredith Viverito, that person, she had Lopez at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. He's a guy that. Um, Blew up all those people at France's tavern, and exactly. she honored him at the Puerto Rican Day Parade. Same thing. It is, it is highly similar, highly analogous, and just equally as despicable. It really, really is. It was gross. But anyway, if you have kids there, and even if you don't have kids, call SUNY Brockport and tell them, you, whatever. Figure something out. Scare the hell out of them. Now, as far as this Zelensky guy speaking today in uh, Congress, of course it's going to be virtual. He's in the Ukraine. And uh, either way, though, yesterday, listen to this. He gave, he actually put out uh, terms for a ceasefire, terms for negotiating with uh, Vladimir Putin. Putin wants three things, essentially. And it's not, he's made no secret about it. He wants three things. He wants the uh, world and the Ukraine to recognize his, to recognize Crimea, which he took in 2014 when Obama was president. He just took it. He has it. He wants the recognition of the Crimea. He wants also a, a separatist region to be recognized as well as an independent entity. That's two things. And the third thing he wants is he wants to, a declaration that the Ukraine will not, will not seek to enter NATO. That's what he wants. Now, listen to Zelensky yesterday when he was talking to the Canadian Parliament, uh, what he said about the last uh, term that I just laid out there. Listen to what he said. Play, uh, I think it's cut 15, Louis, if I'm not mistaken. Play that. It's clear that Ukraine is not a member of NATO. We understand it. We are adequate people. We have heard for years about open doors. But we have already heard that we won't be able to join it. 
It's the truth, and it's necessary to admit it. I'm glad that our people start understanding it and counting on themselves and our partners who help us. So how do you like that? I like that. And that's been out there for a while. I don't know why you know, people haven't picked up on it and tried to negotiate. I know the Israelis have been desperately trying to negotiate. In fact, they wanted to negotiate in Jerusalem. Yep. This uh, Naftali Bennett, he's been into Moscow, back. So that seems to uh, portend maybe uh, a negotiated agreement, some sort of ceasefire. Who knows? Who knows uh, You know the crazy Putin's uh, state of mind? Uh, but back to uh, that uh, mask thing, uh, Rand Paul's bill passing 57 to 40, ending uh, the mask mandates on planes. Uh, well, just listen to this weenie. I know he's uh, he's not a favorite of yours or anybody's because Uh-oh. he's got no ratings. His name is Seth Myers. Oh, God. Listen, they're talking about, and by the way, uh, on these planes, they still make kids two to five wear masks. Yes. Two-year-old kids wear masks on planes. How sick is that? Stupid. How cruel. You're cruel, yes. It really is. Anyway, uh, listen to this uh, Seth Myers talking about his kids wearing masks and what good kids they are. Listen to Seth Myers Play this. I do want to look back at this time and tell my kids, hey, was it, you did a really cool thing for two years. You guys wore masks when you went to school, and that was great that you did that. That was this sacrifice that you did for other people. And it's a shame that moment's become so politicized because I think I grew up at a time where I think it's arguable that I never did anything or had to do anything close to what my kids just had to go through. What a weenie. I mean, just, he really just, is. He really is. I mean, I don't advocate for violence, and I still don't. But figuratively speaking, he makes me want to punch him in the face. He honestly does. Yeah, no, I, me too. Me too. I, I can't stand that. And guy, now, but... now, and this is a horrible thing to say because I love children. You know that, and so do you. Now I hate his kids. <laughs> <laughs> you hate his kids. That's and, it. Uh, you know, look, just one last thing. This went pretty underreported. Uh, I know you heard about it. A lot of people heard about it. It's just, you know, it was like a you know a drive-by report. Uh, these uh, six West Point cadets, they went for spring break. They went down to uh, the, the Orlando area. Oh, they put the cocaina. The cocaina, my marico. Well, oh. well, you can't speak. Oh, take it easy. Take it easy. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah. So anyway, they did the cocaina, and it was laced with fentanyl. Yes. Now, where did that fentanyl come from? It came from across the border. That's correct. From China, from Mexico, and Joe Biden's open border. Joe Biden is responsible for the... Uh, Overdose, uh, well, not death. They didn't die, thank God. No. But just to, to just to let you know, these the open border policies have real consequences. Here is cut eighteen. Here is the actual nine one one call. I mean, this is a, a direct manifestation of the open border policy. While we worry about the borders of Ukraine and ignore our own border, play this clip, Lou. Tell me exactly what happened. We uh we took some coke and, and we're we're not getting good responses right now. People are passing out. How many Three people? people passed out because they drank a lot, like a lot, a lot, an enormous amount. Stand the line, Steve. Don't hang up. We already have a call. Don't stand okay? the line. Yeah, they're coming. We've already got units on the way. Stand the phone with me. Do not hang up. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, this is terrible. I don't even know where I'm at right now. So there you have wow. it. Just there was just, actually uh, six people overdosed. They initially said six did cocaine that's not true four army cadets did cocaine and two of the folks that tried to resuscitate the army cadets actually got the fentanyl in their mouths so they also ended up ODing six people in all but for me when I read that story above and beyond what you just mentioned Bernie which is true uh, Joe Biden's border policies I'm like wait a second guys go to West Point through coke really yeah no that, <laughs> I couldn't that, believe it 
there is that aspect of it. Right? They're, Weren't you they're, shocked to see that? Of course, yeah. Their lives, their careers are ruined. You know that. Who knows? You know, West Point. You're still a human person. You're still a human. Is what you are. You're subject to temptations, all that stuff. I know, but if you if you do coke and you go to West Point, I could have gone to West Point. <laughs> oh no, these kids, are, these guys are screwed for life. They're not going to. They're done. They're yeah. done. Their careers at West Point in the army, it's all over. But the point is this: again, these have real life consequences. These policies do. And I mentioned before, the number one leading cause of death of people 18 to 45 is drug, are drug overdoses, is yeah. what they are. And, yep. and in this case, a lot of it is, uh, you know, the fentanyl. For some reason, they laced the marijuana, they laced cocaine, they laced Xanax with, and heroin with fentanyl. I don't know why they do, but they do. And, and these kids were directly poisoned, I'll, I'll just say it, by Joe Biden. Joe Biden poisoned these West Point cadets. And as we focus on uh, the Ukraine, where, where yes, you had an American. Di- Actually, he was French. He was a cameraman for Fox News. He died, and you had a, a British Fox News reporter who's in severe uh, condition right now because of a bomb. Uh, no Americans really dying out in Ukraine, but tens of thousands of Americans dying because of Joe Biden's border policies. Just, just FYI, I just thought I'd bring that up, you know, as an aside, and people ignoring it all. On the Bernie and Sid show, look, we're going to talk to a great statesman this morning, a guy who Sidney and I love, our colleague, Congressman Peter King. We'll also speak to Dr. Mark Siegel. He's a Fox News analyst, just a great guy, a brilliant doctor. And uh, we'll, we'll speak to him in the 8 o'clock hour. We'll also speak to a gentleman who uh, used to used to host uh, Dancing with the Stars. His name is Tom Bergeron. All on the Bernie and Sid show, one 800 We'll be right back. get to with uh, Bernie and the rest of the crew, everything from, uh, well, not exactly a warm welcome <laughs> for the governor at Madison Square Garden last night where she dropped the puck before the Rangers got a big overtime win. And again, Sabinajad and, and Kreider scored again. So not a big uh, not a big night for Hochul. You know, she brought this up at that PAL luncheon I went to last week. She's like, I'm going to drop the puck at the Ranger game. I'm sitting there going, I'm a Ranger fan. That's the last thing I want to see. So it was nice to see and to hear my Ranger brethren uh, on the same page as uh, me and Bernie last night. We'll get to that. And, of course, uh, this Eric Adams, this idiot. You know, I feel badly because I, every time I see John Katsimatidis, not every time, but a lot of the time, it, you know, it, um, we end up talking about Eric Adams a lot of the time. And I think he wants me to like him. <laughs> and I just can't. I just can't. Now you got the other baseball season's about to start. Not every Met player has been vaccinated. Not every Yankee player has been vaccinated. And now they run the risk of, like Kyrie Irving in the NBA, not being able to play. Because this idiot mayor uh, won't just drop all these stupid mandates and laws and move on. And not that baseball is the most important thing, but, I mean, come on. I mean, really, if Aaron Judge hasn't been vaccinated and the rumors are he hasn't, he's not going to play a home game? Eric Adams, 
Stop the madness. Come on. Come right? On. Exactly right. Uh, the uh, the mystique of Eric Adams, uh, the uh, the glow, is wearing off. Uh, maybe for you, not for Hillary Clinton. She basically orgasmed last night talking about Eric Adams. Hillary uh, Clinton basically is, orgasmed. Please, please. I haven't had breakfast yet. <laughs> oh, my God. She was gushing over Eric Adams' policies. That's all you need to know, folks. John, I'm sorry. <laughs> there she is. When he calls himself the Biden of Brooklyn, when you've got Hillary Clinton basically orgasming to his policies, look at the people that he wants to be like. When he says he'd rather be David Dinkins than Rudy Giuliani, look at the people he wants to be like. Look at the people who like him. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. Amen. Well, thank That's you. It. That's it. That's uh, it. But you are, you, you know, you are whose company you keep, uh, essentially. And, and it's true of Eric Adams, of course. Like this uh, scumbag Greg Giannotti. I-, I wasn't going to bring this up, but I'll get it over with quickly. I know, Lou, you knew it bothered me. I know. It's going to be quick, though, Bernie. It's going to be quick. Bob Mance tweeted this yesterday. So they're doing this thing at WFAN, the new midday show there, Tiki Barber and uh, Brandon Tierney. They're bringing back all the old midday hosts. So they've had Jordy McDonald come in. They've had Joe Beningo come in. Long story short, the um, I've, I've not gone in because I haven't received a call. I'm not even sure I'm going to do it, but it doesn't matter. They brought my name up yesterday, and this Giannotti kid, who used to call me from Pittsburgh crying, crying. Is Chernoff ever going to give me a chance? Am I going to die in Pennsylvania? What is my career going to look like? I go, Craig, take a deep breath. You're a talented kid. You'll get your shot. Sure enough, when Craig Carton went to prison because they didn't want to pay anybody, they brought this kid up from the minor leagues, CBS Network, and they gave him the other chair in the morning show next to Boomer. But the kid is a, is a mediocre talent at best. So yesterday when my name came up about coming in to do the midday thing, he's like, oh, I thought I saw some slime coming from the elevator. I've never had one bad thing to say about this kid outside of the fact that he's just a mediocre talent. He's not well, a bad he, guy. He, he, he called you slime? Slime, yeah. On the FAN Morning Show yesterday, I've never said one bad thing about this fat jerk-off. <laughs> never. I mean, he's, got, he's just well, a mediocre talent. There's a reason why they put him in Pittsburgh all those years and on the CBS Network because he wasn't good enough and they didn't want to pay anybody. When Carton went to prison, they gave the kid a chance. But shut your mouth. Don't call me up crying from Pittsburgh and beg me to help you get through the day and then badmouth me on some stupid station uh, years later. Are you nuts? Is he a big guy? He's a fat jerk off. Let's call him out. Let's let's. Uh, you I know, think I kind of just did twice. No, let's uh, <laughs> let's meet in the street. Let's do something about this. Yeah, well, in the meantime, a couple of years ago, he he mouthed off too, and then when you and I went to Atlanta to cover the Super Bowl for the Rams and the Patriots, and I, we, you and I walked into Radio Row that morning at the convention center in Atlanta, and Boomer's show was the first show set up. Gio walked over, gave me a big hug, gave me a big kiss. Oh, oh, it's all good. It's all good. And then Fatso was at it again yesterday. So, Well, screw, screw Fatso. Yeah, screw him. I hope he chokes on a piece of ham like uh, <laughs> like one of the mamas and the papas, whoever that I mean, fat lady was. Fat, no talent. He, he does a Mike Francesa impression. I mean, look, for, for, and, and I think some guys over there are talented. I've met talented talk show hosts along the way. But the truth is, most Sports talk show hosts are not very talented. They know sports. They're not great radio guys. Would you agree with that? Listen, I mean, look, you know, Joe Beningo, 
He was he was working in produce in a in a grocery store when he won a contest. That's true. I mean, and nothing take nothing away from him. I mean, but that's all they are. That's a, these are guys who are sitting on the couch. They could be a neighbor. They could be uh, they could be anybody. Right. They, they just know sports and they were able to string sentences together. That's so, it. Essentially, and that's it. There's no special talent there. I mean, some guys are talented. Mike Francesa was talented. Chris Russo's a monster talented. I still think Craig Carton's a talented guy. But for the most part, they all do the same thing. They're just fat and stupid, and they sit there and talk sports. Exactly. Exactly. So, well, good luck to you, Greg. I'm, I'm glad I helped you over the years, and I'm glad you paid me back with the way you acted yesterday. Just goes to show you, Bernie, you just can't be nice to people because in the end, they're going to spit in your face anyway. They don't care. People are scumbags, pretty much. Is that what it is? Ingrates and scumbags. <laughs> That's what they are, especially in our business. <laughs> happy Wednesday. Oh, happy Wednesday, everybody. 625. I mean, I mean, there was no need for that. There was no absolutely need for that. Of course no need not. Of course not. I haven't said a word about the kid in years. Just an arbitrary shot. Yeah. Son of a. And when they write the books about WFAN. <laughs> years down the... Yeah, well, well, what chapter is Giannotti going to be in compared to me? Are you serious? Greg Giannotti? Another kid I've seen fall down drunk right in front of me, like almost. Oh, is that right? Oh, yeah, because I had a get-together party at Bernard's, was a couple of those at my house in Queens. And he oh, came right, over? Yes. Uh, yeah, and uh, uh, Monzo brought him. Oh, I like Brian Monzo. Yeah. I like Brian Monzo. Well, yes. one year he was falling down drunk and he couldn't get off my floor. The next year it was Giannotti he brought. Oh, yeah, yeah. They yeah. stuck him on one of the chairs in right. the kitchen in my house. Right. And he was dribbling on himself. I can tell you this. I swear. He wouldn't make this team. I mean, forget about being a co-host, me and Bernie. He wouldn't make this team. There's not a guy on this squad, Alec Lograno, any one of these guys that I would uh, ask to leave in favor of Fatso Greg Giannotti. Not one. There are rumors about this guy that I've heard. I'm not going to repeat them, but there are some ugly, ugly, nasty rumors about his uh, personal life. And oh, I, don't, really? I, don't, I don't know if they're true or not. I just heard them. Uh, you say know, one. On the grapevine. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, I'm not going to say any. And, they, and, he, they, and he's, taking veiled, they, he's taking veiled shots at me. My stuff is they, out there, folks. It's all out there. You can read about it on the Internet all day, all day long. Drinking, drugs, gambling, arrest, all you want. Go. Go have yourself a good time. But this little fatso is going to say something about me when he's got stuff like that in his past, too? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, he's an overeater, obviously. That's yeah. one of the rumors. But uh, it may get worse than that. I don't know. I, I really just don't know. But the guy, is uh, he's a creep. What day part is he on? He's on the morning show with Boomer Esiason. You know, the, the show that in 12 Plus were kicking their ass up and oh, down the street. That, oh, nice. That yeah. show. That's great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, take that, Giannotti. Yeah. You SOB. <laughs> Uh, look, uh, we have a great show planned for you today. Congressman Peter King, Dr. Mark Siegel, the entertainment reporter, the entertainment host, Tom Bergeron. But right now, traffic and sports is coming up. And uh, it's also time for the 77 WABC Clip of the Day. Listen to the Racket Report with Frank Morano talking about organized crime on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. Here, Frank talks with Christian Cipollini about the mob. Why don't we hear about mob killing at all anymore? Did the mob just wake up one day and decide we're no longer going to be killing people? There's always going to be an evolution or something dies. The American mafia may not be the top dog on the list, whereas, you know, cartels pretty much internationally run the show now. And that's like anything else. It's not going to last forever. But they're still in existence. Why aren't there as many mob hits like there was back in the 80s? Times change. 
This is Sid on Sports. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers on 77 WABC. Two days after Kevin Durant put in 53 for the Nets in their win over the Knicks on Sunday. Ready for this one? Kyrie Irving came back last night. They played on the road in Orlando. He put in 60. That is a net high. 60 points for Kyrie Irving last night. Here was one bucket. Edwards, the handoff. Quick trigger, Irving. 60! 60! Kyrie Irving! And he gets another standing ovation. He had 41 in the first half. The Nets, as a team, put up 150 points last night. Beat the Magic 150-108. to 108. The Nets have now won four straight. They're 36-33. and 33. They remain the eighth seed inside the Eastern Conference. The Rangers on the ice last night. In fact, all three locals played, but only the Rangers got the win. It was Fox in overtime. The Banajan left it. It was moved by Fox. Here comes Panarin with Fox. Sam Rosen on the call. The Rangers beat the Ducks 4-3. Zabinijan scored his 24th, number 39 for Chris Kreider. And the Rangers are tied for 4th inside the Eastern Conference. The Islanders, they lost 4-3 to Washington. The Devils lost 6-3 to Vancouver. Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield may be on his way out. Deshaun Watson on his way in. Tyrod Taylor. Two years, $17 million from the Giants to back up Daniel Jones. And Anthony Rizzo, a two-year, $32 million contract to continue to be the Yankees' first baseman. Sports brought to you by Pete Morgan and Peerless Spoilers. Check them out today and every day, PeerlessBoilers.com, PavilionTankless.com. They do build America's best boilers. With sports, I'm Sid. Oh, oh. That's right. Well, eat something. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app, ladies and gentlemen. Also out in eastern Long Island in the Hamptons and points east on 107.1 FM. And you can watch us on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show on this uh, March 16th, Wednesday, St. Patrick's Day Eve. Big parade tomorrow. Unfortunately, uh, supposed to be kind of drizzly tomorrow, sadly. But uh, that doesn't stop the Irish. Uh, Midtown will be packed. It's going to be wild. It's going to be fun. And we're going to celebrate and have a good time. Nonetheless, and I will be hosting, uh, by the way, uh, the noon hour tomorrow with Congressman Peter King as we celebrate all things Irish and St. Patrick's Day uh, tomorrow at noon. Myself and, again, Congressman Peter King, who's coming up this morning at 7.40 here on this program. Also, Dr. Mark Siegel, Tom Bergeron. We've got a great lineup for you this morning, folks. And as I mentioned earlier, this uh, – and this is – I'm going to say something that might be a little bit controversial here, uh, Sydney. Uh, for, for, for a change, it's going to be me and not you. <laughs> All right? I'm ready. So, so you got this guy, guy Zelensky. He's going to speak to uh, a joint session of Congress at 9 o'clock this morning. Right. 9 o'clock. He spoke to the can- Canadian Parliament yesterday, where, by the way, surprisingly, well, maybe not so surprisingly, he offered up concessions for, for Putin to consider for a ceasefire. But either way, 
He also spoke to the uh, British Parliament a couple of weeks back. So it's a big deal, and uh, there's there's been nothing. It's, it's all hero worship with Zelensky. It's all hero worship, praise, adoration, even amongst from for me. I mean, I, I, initially, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. I thought it was great. It was inspiring, all that stuff. But I would put this uh, word of caution out there. I mean, we've done this before. We've seen the the rise of, uh, you know, a person that the media elevates to this uh, exalted, vaunted status. Mm-hmm. We've seen it before, and we've seen it cave in on them. Mm. We've seen it backfire. Mm. And I'll give you a couple of names. I'll give you Andrew Cuomo. Yep. I'll give you uh, Anthony Fauci. Yep. I'll give you Michael Avenatti. And for a long time, these guys, they, they, they were like saints, They were, as far as the media was concerned. And to, to a, a small extent, w- with us anyway, Andrew Cuomo for a short time. But the same thing with Zelensky, I, I have this, you know, something feels weird. You know, I said the same thing last week. I swear to God, Bernie, and I said it to Justin. I said he's gone from this hero and now he's mad. And when I say mad, I don't mean angry. I mean he's mad. He's like he's almost like Putin. I know he's on the right side, but he's becoming as crazy as Putin. Did I not say that last week, Justin? No, you did. It's exactly what Bernie is saying right now. I felt the same way last week. The hero is turning crazy. Yes, I mean, and, and some of the, well, I guess stunts that he's pulling, uh, uh, you know, in the streets of Kiev. Uh, wearing these uh, these sort of uh, camo outfits yeah. and the beard yep. and all that stuff, yep. and it may be a little bit trying too hard. Maybe not. Maybe he's in very trying circumstances. I'll give him that. But I just thought I'd put that out there because uh, I agree. At some point, it may, may all come crumbling down, and we're going to be like, "What were we saying about this guy? How is this guy still alive?" I, I mean, I know the Chechens tried to kill him a couple of weeks ago when he was able to avoid that, but. How would, I mean, it really does go to show, you made the point yesterday that you think it's been a humiliating effort so far by the Russians and they haven't captured the cities they wanted to nearly quick enough and all these things. The fact that Putin hasn't killed Zelensky, I think that's a huge embarrassment. You can't find this guy? Absolutely. And, and it's not like he's, you know, he's, he's out on the streets. He says, he, he announces uh, when he's going to do these media appearances. Uh, so you would think, you would think that these Russians... Clearly, they're not the uh, the stealthy, uh, you know, savage opponents that we thought they were. There's a lot of uh, buffoonery with these drunken Russians and incompetence, uh, <laughs> which which is which is actually refreshing. Thank God. Oh my We're, God! We can only hope the same for the Chinese. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, listen to this. Uh, uh, this is MSNBC. They're talking about Zelensky and his, you know, sort of relationship with the Joe Biden. And they're actually wondering why Joe Biden's poll numbers aren't uh, increasing because of his affiliation with Zelensky. They call it the Zelensky bounce. Where's the Zelensky, the Zelensky bounce? Excuse me. Play cut. President Biden's not getting a Zelensky bounce. And when you look at the polling, it's kind of fascinating. Why doesn't Joe Biden get credit for doing the thing, the popular things Joe Biden does? Well, we could say that. Why Why didn't he get that bounce right after the infrastructure bill? I mean, you actually have a list. The White House is thinking of sending the president to Europe. I mean, is that the kind of thing that he might capture the Zelensky bounce there for taking credit for the things that have been his idea? You hear this? That's all I care about. It's unbelievable. It's Joe Biden's numbers. It's not, uh, uh, you know, will he be effective or any anything like that. Wait, 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 why aren't his numbers going up? I'm, I'm supporting this guy. I'm on MSNBC, and I have to defend the indefensible. Yeah, it really is, right? Sickening, no? Uh, very sick. Nauseating. It, it, it is gross. Who, who, Bernie, who are those uh, two people? I really don't know. 
fairly safe to say, I think they're no names. Right. It wasn't but, like Joe and Mika or, or one of their uh, go-to folks. No, but it's uh, somebody like in the midday or somebody, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. But it's typical, and I'm sure the rest of these idiots are thinking that. By the way, is Luke Legrano? Is he back from? Uh, yeah, he just got I'm back here, from Bernie. Breakfast. Yeah. Oh, Luke is back. Listen, uh, Luke, are you ready to do this thing for me? I sure am. All right, listen to this. This is funny. I got two things here. One of them is uh, this uh, reporter for the New York Times. His name is Matthew Rosenberg. No relation to uh, my boy Sydney whatsoever. Believe it or not, <laughs> uh, no relation whatsoever. Matthew Rosenberg. And this guy, he actually got a Pulitzer Prize. He got a Pulitzer for his coverage of uh, January 6th. He got a, a Pulitzer, believe, believe it or not, which is ridiculous. And he officially he writes in the New York Times, you know, January 6th was this uh, very solemn, dangerous day, all that stuff. But uh, he was actually captured on a videotape by this group called Project Veritas. I know you've heard of them before, Sid. We've talked about them quite a bit on this show. Right. They've, uh, they've stung a lot of uh, these uh, mutts on the left. This guy's no exception. They, they have the tape. They have the audio. Uh, they won't release it, I guess, for legal reasons at this point. But we do have the transcripts of what this guy said to them. And he's talking about January 6th. And Luke Legrano has the transcripts. He's going to write what this guy said about January 6th and his colleagues talking about how dangerous it was. Uh, Luke, uh, you, you, you ready to perform this uh, I dramatic, sure am, dramatic reading here? I, I have it right in front of me. I'm ready. Okay, let's go. This is Matthew Rosenberg on what really happened on January 6th. Go ahead, Luke. Take All it right, away. So here's some quotes. There were a ton of FBI informants amongst the people who attacked the Capitol. It was like me, two other colleagues who were there outside, and we were just having fun. I know I'm supposed to be traumatized, but, like, all these colleagues who are in the building and are like, oh, my God, it was so scary. I'm like, F off. I'm like, come on. It's not the kind of place I can uh, it's not the kind of place I can tell someone to man up, but I kind of want to be like, dude, come on. You are not in any danger. These effing little dweebs who keep going on about their trauma, <laughs> shut the F up. They're effing businesses. They were making too big a deal. They were making this an organized thing that it wasn't. And then he ended with, "Well, I stand by those comments. Absolutely, that is hilarious, and that's pretty much that. Pretty much sums it up. Uh, Matthew Rosenberg, a phony, and just like the Adam Schiff's and Nancy Pelosi's, the Liz Cheney's, this January sixth committee, just trying to milk and exploit this. Uh, really, what, what was a peaceful protest uh, went awry essentially, and there you have this guy calling his colleagues out for their lies and their exaggerations." And, oh, my God, I need counseling because I was outside the Capitol on January 6th. Uh, that was a great read. And we have one more. And this is pretty good. This is Lori Lightfoot got into a beef. Uh, well, it was last, uh, I think it was last fall over the, a Columbus statue that was supposed to be moved here. It was supposed to be moved there. And she got into a beef with uh, her staff because they, they acquiesced to an Italian-American group. But then she, she, she really uh, got street on them. And she talked about, you know, who's got the biggest this, who's got the biggest that. And, uh, uh, Luke, uh, you take this one away. This is funny. This is ex actually, these are the words of Lori Lightfoot talking about the, the size of, and you know, uh, the, 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 of, her, uh, of her thing. Take well, a yeah, we'll refer to them as dips. I think that sounds like a good idea. Dips, so, that's right. Instead of saying the, the D word, we're going to say dips, well, let's go with, with, a with, P. dips okay. with a P. Dips with a P. Okay. 
You dips, what the F were you thinking? You make some kind of secret agreement with the Italians. You're out there measuring your dips with the Italians to see who's got the biggest dips. You're out there stroking your dips over the Columbus statue. My dip is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dip in Chicago. That is hilarious. <laughs> that is so funny. Well done, Luke. That was good. If you, had yeah. some, if you had some music behind that, like a Run DMC type of thing, that would have been great. Well, this is a work in progress. You dip, we dip, we dip. Remember that song? You dip, you dip. Uh, Lewis, what was that song again, the other dip song? You dip, we dip, <laughs> need, you dip. I need a little more, I No, think, come so. on. It was a very popular song a couple of years ago. You dip, we dip, you dip. Well, we're going to get this we'll uh, get you, that, you yeah. dip, we dip song. And, uh, <laughs> we'll, Luke, we'll workshop, and I'm happy I can finally use my minor in theater from college for something good. That was a, a great uh, performance there, Luke, and uh, congratulations. You win, the, uh, you win the Bernie and Sid Emmy Award. For that, but uh, Lori Lightfoot, man, she is a piece of work. This woman, uh, maybe she is. Uh, maybe she does have a a, a dip, as uh, as uh, Luke just read, uh, according to her own admission. Well, Louie but, actually found the uh, the dip song, and when you hear this, Bernie, you're going to know it's a very, very, very popular song. Needs like uh, three seconds here, and uh, it works well with what uh, you and Luke just put together. Tell me when you're ready to go here, Louis. Here we go. Oh, come on, B. That's good. Do it, Luke. I like it. Do it, Luke. Come on, move. Move that ass. Luke is scaring me. That is beautiful. All right. Uh, well done, Sidney. Look at that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> the guy's a choreographer as well. Uh, we'll do this a little bit later. We'll do it, we'll, you know, with the uh, after post eight o'clock audience or something like that. Either way, on the Bernie and Sid show next hour, we're going to talk to uh, great statesman, Congressman Peter King. We'll also spoke to speak to Dr. Mark Siegel. Supposedly, there's a new COVID variant out there, and a bunch of other things to talk about. Also. Uh, Tom Bergeron, he's uh, is an entertainment guy. Uh, Tom Bergeron, he's got a lot of things going on on the Bernie and Sid Show. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. We're coming right back. Wednesday morning, Hump Day Wednesday, 7.03. Bernie just mentioned uh, Peter King will be here. He's here every Wednesday at 7.40. So he puts out this uh, Instagram piece, usually Tuesday nights, in um, in anticipation of his big appearance. But today he put it out uh, this morning, and uh, it's a picture of me in, in action and Bernie. Bernie instead of the morning, and it reads, Pete King, this morning at 7.40 a.m., I will make my regular 77 WABC radio appearance on Bernie and Sid. Bernie is back and in fighting shape. Sid is Sid. <laughs> Whatever that means, I don't know. <laughs> it's a compliment. He yeah. loves you. He He's loves the man. You. I love Peter King. And uh, one of the guys that uh, wrote a blurb uh, for the book, Bernard, the five guys, of course, or five people, I should say, because Miranda Devine, the New York Post columnist, wrote a great blurb and included with her Peter King, uh, Craig Carton, uh, we've also got uh, Chaz Palminteri and Bill O'Reilly, and now two great forwards for the book, one written by you 
and uh, one by John Katzmatidis, both of you guys on the cover. And we sold a ton of books last week at Amazon. Go today. You can buy it, Citizens United, set for release sometime in August. But you can pre-order the book today, Amazon, Citizens United. And uh, we'll have a whole bunch of uh, book signing parties and all kinds of fun coming up this summer. But all you guys uh, did an amazing job for me, especially you, Bernie, and I appreciate it, and Peter King, and I appreciate it very, very much. And I'm excited about the book coming out sometime in August. It is an honor. <clears throat> Excuse me, an honor, a total honor, and uh, August is the, is the release date. But you can pre-order it, as you just mentioned. Right now. Go to Amazon right now, Citizens United, and buy the book. Pete King just tweeted what he sent on Instagram moments uh, moments ago. So I did mention, Bernard, that it made me very, very happy to see that uh, my brethren, the Ranger fans, on the same page as you and I last week at the Harvard Club, I was there for the PAL luncheon, and I do want to thank John Katzmatidis for inviting me. It was very, very nice. It really was. John and uh, George and Emily and Chad, the whole crew. And um, even though she spoke and it was a nauseating 10 minutes of, uh, of dialogue from Kathy Hochul, the rest of the day was actually kind of nice. But she did speak, and she did make mention that she's a big sports fan. She loves the Buffalo Bills. She can't wait to go to a Met game and throw out a first pitch or a Yankee game. And she said, and next week... I'm going to be dropping the puck before a Ranger game. And I'm like, what? Nobody wants you at Madison Square Garden. Nobody. Not not a Ranger fan, that's for sure. <laughs> right, but I'm thinking, but maybe I was wrong. I'm Hitter! saying, no, I'm walking out. I go, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Ranger fans really do want Kathy Hochul at Madison Square Garden. So afterwards, I felt kind of bad about it. But, oh, do I feel good this morning. This was last night before the Rangers' overtime win against the Anaheim Ducks, Kathy Hochul to drop the ceremonial first puck, and Ranger fans are with Bernie and Sid. Governor Hochul began her career in public service in the greater Buffalo area, served in Congress, and was twice elected lieutenant governor. Here to drop tonight's ceremonial first puck, a champion of women's rights and leader of the great state of New York, Please welcome Governor Kathy Hochul. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Did you hear that reception? Oh, my God. Oh. Uh, that is really, that is better than any uh, any porn you're going to watch. That I'm is terrific. You, you don't need Viagra or Cialis this morning. Just wow. play that. You'll go all day. <laughs> that is uh, that is so refreshing. I mean, it may be portends things to come in November. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, get out, lady. Nobody wants to see you, 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 you coward, you pandering. Uh, I don't even want to say anything worse because I know Mr. Katzmatidis kind of likes her a little bit. But no, he does like her. They've got a relationship, and she's nice to him. She's very nice to him, and that's, and that's why I do feel badly sometimes when uh, I eviscerate Eric Adams and or Kathy Hochul. The first thing I think about is, I hope John's not upset with me, but there's nothing I can do. I, 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 that's just uh, There's no way I can be a phony about it. I just can't. And day after day, whether it's a stupid baseball thing with Eric Adams today or Hoko last night, I, I just can't get around it. I mean, first of all, she's a Buffalo fan. If you want to drop the puck, drop the puck at a Buffalo Sabres game, not a Ranger right. game. Don't come down here carpetbagging, uh, you know, our our sports teams. There you go. But listen, never forget, she's against reforming this no-cash bail law that is actually killing people every single day, killing and, and well, you know, assaulting people. Every single day. Never forget that. That's the well, one big she, she thing. She says no. She, her and Stuart Cousins and Hasty and all these people say 
that the uh, the biggest misconception, if not the biggest lie, is that bail reform leads to people getting killed in the streets. And by the way, she just doubled down on that, Kathy Hochul, yesterday. That is just yesterday. like that's like Joe Biden saying uh, spending trillions of dollars doesn't doesn't contribute to inflation. That's what that's like. That's like saying uh, you know Putin is blaming Putin for the rising gas prices over the past year. I mean, it's a bald-faced lie. It's just something to say. Of course, we know it contributes to. Of course. I mean, it's so ins- that adds insult to injury because it's insulting to people like us who know better and people and, and the and the victims who are dead because of this law. Right. Save that nonsense for Fat Greg Giannotti. Don't try to sell me that bill of goods. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the other thing, of course, uh, Eric Adams, it's all over the New York papers today. It's all over everywhere. I'm watching Roger Clark, who I happen to like very much on New York One right now. Yankees, Mets players face vaccine mandate that could keep them off the field. So there's at least three Yankee players that we know for a fact are not vaccinated. The rumors are one may be Anthony Rizzo, who the Yankees just re-signed yesterday, two years, $32 million, and the other... Aaron Judge, and uh, Judge would be Kyrie Irving. Same thing, Kyrie Irving, who scored 60 points, 60, for the Nets last night in Orlando, cannot play a home game in Brooklyn. That's an all-time net high, by the way, Bernie. And Aaron Judge would not be able to play a home game in the Bronx uh, for the Yanks. In fact, they opened up against the Boston Red Sox, if, in fact, he has not been vaccinated. So he was asked yesterday, Bernie, about that. Here is Yankee superstar Aaron Judge. I'm, I'm still focused on you know, just getting to the first game of spring training, so I think we'll we'll cross that bridge whenever uh, you know the time comes. But right now, so many things could change, so I'm not really too worried about that right now. And the Mets had a bunch of guys last year that were not vaccinated, but the rosters turned over quite a bit. The Mets adding Sterling Marte, the outfielder, Kana, the outfielder, Escobar at third base, Max Scherzer, the pitcher, Adam Adovino, the reliever. So lots of new players on the Mets, but the the general consensus, which you, you shouldn't say because consensus is general in nature anyway, uh, the consensus is, is that there are a bunch of players on both the Mets and the Yankees who have not been vaccinated and may have to sit out when, in fact, the season starts, which is absolutely ridiculous. He Well, he's definitely one, Aaron Judge. There's no question about it. And he's right, though. The, the policy may change uh, in the intervening uh, weeks here. But uh, uh, keep in mind that he would have to sit out the game uh, as Kyrie Irving sits out while opposing players come in from other cities, right. not vaccinated, same status, right. and they can play. How is that? I that's, mean, how, that's, that's, that's Eric Adams. That, that, that's how stupid and mixed up this is. Not to mention the games are outside, Burn. They're outside. Another, exactly. Exactly. Another good point. Uh, Ralph Napolitano checks in. He's right. He can't play in Toronto either. So when the Yankees go play the Blue Jays, Aaron Judge couldn't play there. But um, Eric Adams, again, I understand baseball is not all that important. We've got people getting murdered on the subways and dying in the streets. And New York is a mess, despite what some enthusiastic New Yorkers will tell you. And Eric Adams has done a horrible job in his six or seven weeks in office. I understand baseball is not the most important. But at the very least, just just change the rule for this. Baseball makes people happy in an otherwise miserable situation. Change the rule for this. Let the Mets and Yankees play. Stop the nonsense. What is he waiting for? What? What? Yeah, well, and it's not just baseball. Uh, the, the, that's why this is important. This the mandate extends to, uh, you know. Private business. Exactly. Which he just fired a 1,000 employees. Bingo. So, uh, yeah, it's not just baseball. This is a general a policy of stupidity is what it is. 
and it's counterproductive and it makes no sense. You know, again, uh, uh, the carving out this exception for uh, teams coming in, it just if it's dangerous, it's dangerous. If it's not, it's not. You don't carve out an exception. Uh, I mean, oh, it's dangerous, but we're going to let it happen. Uh, no, you got to change it. You got to stop it, reverse it, 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 cut your losses, admit your mistakes, and end the mandate. There it is, Bernard McGurk from downtown. Those are the two big sports stories today. Kathy Hochul getting booed at Madison Square Garden last night, dropping the ceremonial puck before the Rangers beat the Ducks, and, of course, this Met-Yankee situation. And uh, as Alex said, hey, it's outdoors. So I, um, I'm going to California on Sunday, and I shoot uh, three nights. I have one day of shooting Wednesday morning, but I shoot – the bar scenes, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday night, which gives me Wednesday night off in Los Angeles. So my former partner, Scott Kaplan, Bernie, who you've met, you like Scott very much. He's a nice guy. He re- really is, yeah. He's a uh, radio talent out in Los Angeles. He works on 7, 10 a.m., which is L.A.'s equivalent to the fan. And he called me yesterday and he said, late night, if you're in town, which I am, I have extra tickets to the Lakers game. And I said to my son, Gabriel, I said, hey, Gaby, any interest in going to see James Harden and the 76ers play the Lakers at the Staples Center. And even though Gabe is not the biggest sports fan, we did go to a Nick Net game a couple of weeks ago, you may remember, Bernard. He, he was so excited. He was so excited. He's like, Dad, please, please. You know, young kid like that, Staples Center, Los Angeles, all that great history, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James. So I got tickets. Jack Nicholson. And Jack Nicholson, exactly. So I got his tickets Wednesday night, Staples Center, Lakers 76ers, for me, Danielle, and Gabe to basically sit downstairs in L.A. on Wednesday night. How cool is that for Gabe? This is very exciting. For you as well. Come yeah, on. Yeah. And, and Danielle, this is great. Yeah. This is fun. How, how close to the court did you expect to be? I think he said eight rows up. Eight, eight rows, rows up. So, yeah. so Pretty close. Uh, hopefully it will be – well, it won't be televised because it's the 76ers. But uh, I was hoping to see your face, to see your mush on the TV. But, well, well, uh, well, but that may be on uh, – well, that could be the game of the week. 76ers, James Harden taking on uh, the Lakers. I don't know if ESPN does that on a Wednesday night. Oh, I don't know either. I don't know. Right. You're right. You're right. You're right. They usually do it Fridays and Sundays. But uh, anyway, or Saturday nights. But uh, – We'll see. Keep hope alive. Now, this the, is great. Uh, back to the Met conversation for a second here. This is uh, goes back and forth with Luke Lograno, Bernie, our boy. Uh, Robbie Cano is not on the Mets. Yes, he is. He is? Yeah. So why do you keep saying he's not? Because you, you're like that. And according to you, Mookie Wilson is still playing. He just retired. <laughs> oh, Mookie's not on the Mets anymore? No, uh-huh. unfortunately. Uh, so Robbie Cano, he, he initially came over in the deal with Diaz from Seattle. It was a two-year deal. Those two years are up. So because he was suspended for the year, that year does not count towards his contract. Okay. So now the Mets, you have Pete Alonso at first, Jeff McNeil at second, Francisco Lindor at shortstop, and the newly acquired Escobar at third base. So that means that Cano, who I guess can still hit, now that the DH is in both leagues, becomes the full-time DH for the Mets? That's what it looks like. It looks like when, they're, uh, when they need a right-handed bat, he'll be the DH. I'm assuming when they need a left-handed bat, Dom Smith will take that role. But, yes, it looks like he'll be the everyday DH. And now where does uh, DJ LeMahieu play for the Yankees? Because they got Falefa and, and uh, Donaldson to play the left side of the NPL two days ago. Alec, you're a Yankee fan. Where does he play for the Yanks? Well, I mean, this brings us back to what we originally brought him in for, which was to be a super utility guy who could play every position in the infield. 
Um, you know, I mean, he's a bat now. has proven to be a bat that has to be in the lineup every night, so he will be. It just uh, it'll change where he's going to well, play. But isn't Stanton the DH right now, basically? Yeah. John so, right. So you'll have to rotate uh, LeMahieu in first, second, and third. But right now, Rizzo, Torres, Falefa, and, and Donaldson's Donaldson. your yeah. infield, right? Yeah. Okay. Are they, yeah. Well, here's, here's what I love the way sports fans. This is originally what we brought him in for, as though Justin Ellick is, you know, the front office of the New York Mets. This is yeah. what we brought him in for. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> he did say that. You're right. I'm okay with that, though. I like that. You know, listen, that's, if not for the fans and their enthusiasm and their zeal for these otherwise despicable people who are professional athletes, <laughs> there'd be nothing there. So I, I, like, I, I do the same thing. I used to yell that on the fan all the time. Oh, you're on the team? We this. Don't say we. It's so sad. I mean, uh, it's fine. Alec, um, you keep doing that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I wasn't going to really stop. You, you, anyway, got a, you got a ring coming your way with the Yankees win the World Series, right? Well, I would imagine they'll win a couple before I uh, leave, oh, yeah? leave, leave this beautiful green earth. Oh, you think so? When was the last time the Yankees won a World Series? 2009. That's right. That's 13 years. Yeah, when was the last time uh, the Mets won a World Series, doofus? 86. 86. How, how long is that? I can't even do the math. That's ah, how long it's been. Don't worry about it. Don't worry math about is, the math. Math is racist, so I don't even <laughs> exactly. <bring it> up. <laughs> Thank you, Bernie. Thank you. Bernie coming up very big there. Now, is this Robinson Cano on WABCradio.tv? Again, Eric Salas and Gabby Lopez doing a great job. It looks like that's Cano in the batting cage. I guess you're right. Cano's on the Mets. There he is. WABCradio.tv. What a great job by our cast here. Man, we got a heck of a show, Bernard. We got we got people on the air, we've got TV, we've got funny people and smart people and political people and sports fans. Mm-hmm. Look at us, huh? We got it all, bro. We uh we 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 stepped in the shizzle. That's what we did. <laughs> we really did. And we got three great guests coming your way, starting again with the esteemed congressman Peter King coming your way at 740. 840, Dr. Mark Siegel. On the newest variant, the Delta Cron, which is complete nonsense, and my friend Tom Bergeron, former host of Dancing with the Stars, really talented guy, and he's coming on for a reason. We actually read a movie script together, one of the three movies I'm about to star in coming up this summer. He'll join us at 925. Plus, Leader Reports and Beat Bernie, the Hump Day Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. Keep it right here. If you've had an accident, trust Gabo Law, personal injury and medical malpractice attorneys with decades of experience who will provide the attention you deserve and deliver the best possible results in the shortest amount of time. Gabo Law has recovered millions for their clients and will be able to help you. But don't take our word for it. Read all of their five-star reviews from former clients on Google, Avo, and Facebook. Call Gabo Law today at 800-560-0214 for a free consultation or email at Info at GobbleLaw.com. Gobble Law, where winning is no accident. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up from the NRIA.net studios in New York. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. On this Wednesday, always keep in mind that people believe what they want to believe. Therefore, in a free society, lots of crazy stuff circulates around, and some of us buy it. Let's look at Ukraine. Some Americans are convinced that a no-fly zone should be imposed on Russian planes flying over that beleaguered country. But who would enforce the no-fly zone and shoot at Russian planes that violated it? NATO countries? I don't know one. 
that would sign up for that. So it would be left to the U.S. Air Force to engage in combat with Russian MiGs. Does that sound like World War III? I believe so. What about flying fighter jets into Ukraine so their pilots can fight the MiGs? Well, Poland could do that easily, but it doesn't want to because it fears Putin. The polls suggest they fly the planes to a U.S. airbase in Germany and then Americans fly them into Ukraine. Sound good to you? Here's a kicker. Russian pilots would quickly shoot down all combat planes as well as blow them to pieces as they wait to take off. The air war would be over quickly. Ukrainian pilots cannot compete with Russian pilots. We live in a country where pundits on TV say all kinds of crazy stuff, and they are well paid to do it because people believe what they want to believe. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Baby. Yes, you do. Back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on that 77 WABC app. As we talked about earlier... That song, uh, that Santana song, could be uh, Zelensky to Putin. You got to change it evil ways, bro. You got to change him. Uh, and of course, he's going to be speaking. This guy Zelensky, uh, virtual uh, address to a joint session of Congress at, uh, at nine o'clock this morning. And uh, he, you know, we know what he's going to say. No fly zone. Send me the planes. And uh, you just heard Bill O'Reilly lay out a case for why we should do neither. Neither. Is it neither or neither? I go at night. I think it's so, both. Either it, one, I think, works. Yeah, I'll go with um, that. Uh, so you have that today. But at, also, least, at least it's important. It's relevant. Unlike the mayor, here I go again, Eric Adams. I know you know this already, but you know what he did yesterday, right? Uh, well, not. I, I don't know what you're going to say, so uh, tell me. Well, uh, he clearly was not on the subways here in New York City looking for you know homeless people or deranged killers. He wasn't uh, walking the streets in the worst neighborhoods in Brooklyn where the gun shooting is almost daily, or up by me, for that matter, by the Frederick Douglass houses. No, he was in Miami speaking at a cryptocurrency convention. This is what the mayor is worried about, this idiot, who actually, by the way, got paid through cryptocurrency, which now he regrets the fact that he did that. But the city is falling apart. I'm sorry, John. The city is falling apart, and this Mensa member is down in Miami at a cryptocurrency convention. And it was premeditative on his part to see what go he did through there? that. See what, did? see what he did? See what he did? I like that, right? Uh, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> so anyway, yeah, that and uh, you have also, I just want to make mention of this because if any of you listeners out there have st- uh, kids who are students at SUNY Brockport, I want you to know that SUNY Brockport is celebrating uh, a, a convicted cop killer who was paroled. His name is Anthony Bottom. He's speaking today at SUNY Brockport, which is a disgrace, which is revolting that they're allowing that to happen at a state-funded school. So if you have a, a student, if you have a child that goes to that, that, that school, make your voice be heard. Tell them how, how, how outraged you are that uh, they're allowing a cop killer. Unbelievable. Who, who, by the way, didn't kill these cops. You know, it, 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 it was, what he did to them was vicious, the way he killed them. It wasn't your traditional uh, shootout. No, it's kind of was... like it's very similar to what Herman Bell did when he actually 
shot the cop in the groin when he begged for his life. A guy that Andrew like, Cuomo let yes, out. Yes, exactly. Right, something right. like that. It was vicious. It was uh, either way. Uh, he's going to be speaking today. The two cops, by the name, uh, by the way, I should say their names: Waverly Jones, Joseph Piagentini. Never forget. But Anthony Bottom speaking at SUNY Brockport. It is disgusting. Now you know Tucker Carlson. He's in a lot of trouble. Uh, not not really in trouble, but uh, he here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. He's saying things. He's pointing things out that are uh, uncomfortable and awkward, but true about. Uh, you know, what's happening over in Ukraine about bio labs and stuff, him and Tulsi Gabbard, and they, they want him to shut up. And you have, they're taking this opportunity to call him, uh, you know, a traitor, blah, blah, blah. Well, who's they? You keep saying they want well, him, they, who's they? I'll give you one. Yeah. Uh, this woman is a former uh, uh, senator from Missouri. Her name is Claire McCaskill. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a clip of her yesterday, and uh, then he opined, did Tucker Carlson on the other side of her clip. I'll play this one, Louis. This is cut 17. Tucker Carlson and others are really, uh, really close to treason in terms of what they're saying and parroting uh, what is, is, is Putin's dream. And then Tucker opined afterwards. Ask yourself how you would handle it. You're the Congress and you're moved by the suffering in Ukraine. Every American is. Americans are kind people. They want to help. Civilians in Ukraine are being crushed by Vladimir Putin. That's true. How can we help? Well, why don't we send more weapons to Ukraine in the middle of a war? Doesn't sound like a bad idea. But if you're going to make that decision, you'd probably feel some kind of moral obligation to consider the ramifications. Like, what effect will this actually have? Is it possible that doing this, as well-intentioned as it is, and it is, is it possible doing this will be counterproductive? Will it hurt the people I'm hoping to help? Will it prolong the fighting in Ukraine at the expense of the vulnerable civilian population in Ukraine? By the way, that second clip, uh, not, he wasn't responding to Claire McCaskill. That was a, a, a different clip. But the one you just heard, that's a point that I made here a couple of weeks ago, prolonging the agony, giving them false hope, and a lot of people dying in the process, uh, which is a real concern. You see it happening now. Should we be suing for peace? Should we uh, be trying to cut a deal with Putin uh, re- uh, along the lines of uh, what Zelensky laid out yesterday to the Canadian Parliament, saying uh, essentially saying that, uh, listen, we don't want to be part of, you, of NATO anymore. That was one of, uh, of Putin's demands. But, again, uh, the, uh, the Ukrainians can't defeat the, the uh, Russians. They can't defeat them. Eventually the Russians are going to win. Uh, the, the fact that it's taken this long is not a good thing for Putin, obviously, but a lot of people are still dying in the meantime. And, and I just wanted to... Uh, yeah, point out that I made that point a couple of weeks ago, and Tucker made it last night. I like when I'm validated, essentially is what I'm saying here. I like to be validated. Who doesn't? And, right, exactly. And I'm essentially patting myself on the back when I uh, when I do stuff like this. But nevertheless, I just did it. And I just want to play one more clip. This is from two weeks ago, this UFC fighter again. Uh, you know, Zelensky's going to be begging for planes. He's going to be begging for no-fly zones. He want he he actually wants troops on the ground, believe it or not, helping joining the fight with his army and his citizen soldiers, all that stuff. And again, I I will re- revert back to this uh, UFC fighter Bryce Mitchell uh, after a fight a couple of weeks ago. What he said, he's a young man of draft age, and he owns a farm in Arkansas. But listen to what he said. The most cogent comment on the war so far came from this 25-year-old UFC fighter. Play Bryce Mitchell, please, Louie. 
Here's my first thought is I'm not going nowhere to fight none of these wars for these politicians. I'm staying at home, and when the war comes to Arkansas, I will dig my boots in the ground, and I will die for everything I love, and I will not retreat. But I'm not going overseas to fight. I don't know what's going on, to be honest, brother. I really don't. There's so much stuff, and I don't think nobody knows what's going on fully. There's been so much political corruption in that area. You got Biden and his son making a ton of money and using our tax dollars to bribe their people. That's treasonous in my opinion. He shouldn't be giving our tax dollars to that country anyway. We got veterans out here sleeping on the street and you're going to give our freaking tax dollars to these Ukrainians and brother, I don't know what's going on over there, but I'm not going over there and fighting and God bless anybody that's over there fighting and I hope that this shit just gets solved and man, I don't like war. We just don't know what's truly going on over there and I just I pray all those people are safe. There you have it. It just makes me feel good. Just like uh, Kathy Hochul getting booed at the Ranger game, to hear a uh, a gentleman like that speak the truth the way he did in his own innocent way. you got to go back and watch talking about Hochul. I'm going to play that now coming up in sports so you can hear the reception talked about. But you have to watch it because she walks out onto the ice in her blue 50-something Ranger jersey, and she's like smiling, Bernie, and happy, and here I am at the hockey mecca. And it looks like she's going to start to cry. I mean, it was such a nasty reception. That's it great. looked like she was about to start to cry. Well, lady, you, be, you betrayed us. You yeah. betrayed the uh, the yeah. people of New York. So, and that, and that little jerk that uh, you like, that Pat Kiernan. Boy, I'm killing everybody today. The guy on uh, New York One. He's like, well, it's not really right. Ranger fans shouldn't do that. And oh no, he. Did. Oh, I swear to God, I swear <laughs> oh, to God. You know, but they, but you know, but they don't they don't usually have politicians at Madison Square Garden, and <laughs> maybe that's why Tom Swazi's not going to drop the puck before the Islander game in Elmont. Pat Kiernan, shut up, you little jerk. Yeah, screw you. God. She's getting she's getting people killed. Bottom line. Come on, let's go here. All right, 742 on your hump day Wednesday morning. My bed, Sydney, my bed. No, it's okay. No, I, I was I I I get I interjected where I shouldn't have. No, I don't care about that. Take uh, it away, my lad. Our Take next it away. guest, of course, is... Uh, you know, I don't care. Uh, our next guest is on this time every Wednesday morning because he's brilliant. He's a great guy. He's really a, a dear, dear friend of both of ours. And In fact, I annoy this guy all the time, but it is what it is. Puts up that great Instagram and tweet every Tuesday, Wednesday before his appearance. Here he is, the better part of four decades, as the best politician, in our opinion, in New York history, right there with Woody Giuliani, the great Peter King. Good morning, Peter. Welcome back. How are you, buddy? I'm doing okay, but you guys kept me waiting two minutes. I'm supposed to be on at 740. Now <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, it's uh, you know, I used to do this. Yeah, I know. Well, when, you have, when you're number one in the city, we have all these advertisers. People don't have a choice. Right. So. Anyway, speaking of that, I just yeah. be on this story. I'm walking down the street the other day, actually getting out of my car. A neighbor comes by. I really hadn't seen him in years. Tom Melton, walking his dog. He says, how's Bernie doing? Nothing about how I'm doing, how's retirement treating me. <laughs> he hasn't seen me in years. Last <laughs> night. I'm going to wake a good friend of mine, Alan Ryan from Brooklyn. His Sorry. He's a longtime NYPD guy. Yeah. In fact, he had been at the crime scene the night that uh, John Gotti was killed. Great guy. His wife passed away after a long illness. But, you know, at Irish events like this, awake, as Bernie knows, uh, like there's a lot of camaraderie and people mm. try to say good things. 
So people were talking. This woman, Nancy McGuire, comes up to me. I had never even met her before. And she says, I want to know, why do I know more about uh, Sid Rosenberg's personal life than my own family? Every time I turn on, I know everything Sid has yeah. done in his life. So she's talking about you. And with that, this other retired cop, uh, Charlie Norton, comes up to me. He goes, hey, tell Sid I said... Uh, uh, drinking the Gemini Lounge. Great place. I love the Gemini. So. That's right. funny. So here I am. Or oh. people talk about it as you. I feel like I'm nothing. I'm oh, that's great. Life. No, that happens every day. I know. It's good to hear that the folks around you, but they associate you with the show, which is a big deal, Peter. Now, look, I feel badly. I'm sure Bernie does, too. We played the audio a bunch of times now from the Ranger game last night where the Ranger fans really were tough on Kathy Hochul. My recommendation to Kathy is if she worries more about the people that kill people rather than illegal guns, next time she goes back to the garden, she may get applause instead of booze. I know you like her, Peter, but the truth is the Ranger fans, they got it right last night. You know, what I've said about Kathy Hochul, I did work with her in Congress. She was on my committee. She was then a very reasonable person. Her husband was a former prosecutor. And, uh, no, but she's very, very, very much disappointed me since she became governor. I really thought it would be a, a move back to, you know, toward the middle. She'd be uh, at least a traditional Democrat, moderate Democrat. You'd still disagree with her, but you would understand where she was coming from. I never thought she would go this way on bail reform and all these issues. She sounds like uh, I mean, such a progressive left winger, and that was never her. Listen, when she was the county clerk up in Erie County, she wouldn't give driver's licenses to illegal immigrants. I mean, she was wow. on the right side of her party, and now she's just sold out, and it's really bad. And as far as, listen, any politician who goes to a uh, sporting event, uh, yeah, you're going to run that risk. But last night was over and above. I mean, that, <laughs> and I would say that the range of fans basically, whether they're making $10 million or $10, they are blue-collar fans. Yes. They really are. Yes. And uh, blue-collar people can go Democrat, they can go Republican, and certain. You know, but when it comes to issues like crime and law and order and the rioting we saw in the streets and everything else and this whole thing with bail reform, uh, they are 100% against what Kathy Hochul is standing for right now. And I think what you saw in Madison Square Garden last night it's to a large extent what we saw in Nassau County last year, where you had communities that had never voted Republican, hadn't voted Republican in years, uh, throughout the Democrats. We had the city of Green Cove, Tom Swazi's hometown. Uh, the city council, it was five to one Democrat and a Democratic mayor. Without, uh, again, there was never a focus of our attention, the Republican attention. We ended up winning the mayor's spot and taking five out of the six council seats. A total, total reversal. And they were basically, again, moderate-type Democrats. Yes, some Republicans, some conservatives were basically you know, a lot of blue-collar Democrats style, and they uh, just turned on the Democrats. That's going to happen. Kathy Hochul, if I were her, I don't know, maybe go to... Uh, uh, I, I don't know, some knitting show or something, or maybe, <laughs> right. I, I don't know, you maybe you like it there, but it's uh, either out of some... <laughs> yeah, so, so, so exactly, some baking uh, contest or whatever the hell it is. You know, the, spineless, the spinelessness and the pandering is nauseating, and it's costing people lives. That's, is, yeah. The Ranger fans stood up big time yesterday. Let's go Rangers is what I'm saying, Congressman King. <laughs> hey, speaking of which, a poll what came you out. Let's yesterday. go Brandon. What did you say? I, I missed you. Let's go Brandon. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Yo, that's funny right there. A Congressman Peter King on the Bernie and Sid show. A poll came out yesterday. Lee Zeldin actually inches out, edges out, I should say, Kathy Hochul in a poll. I mean, are you predicting a uh, Republican victory in November over uh, the aforementioned uh, spineless uh, Hochul? Yeah, listen, we start off three million voters behind. Uh, but, yes, it can be done. Lee is running a very strong campaign. And that poll, by the way, was done by uh, John McLaughlin, 
who was my pollster for 28 years, and John has always been on the mark, and uh, he doesn't always make you feel good. I mean, he showed me a poll, I remember, back in 2006 at Labor Day, I was winning by 20 points. I figured I could go on vacation. And then he went through the poll and showed me why I was really, I could be in trouble. It was going to be a bad year for Republicans. John can read through the numbers. His poll, you know, people see a poll, they see numbers, you know, 45, 44. That poll is probably about 800 pages long. They go through every analysis of every type of vote, every ethnic background, gender, uh, political affiliation, how old you are, what part of the state you live in. And they also measure how strongly you force somebody. You know, the bottom line is 45-44. But of that 45, how many are really strong? How many of the 44 are really strong? How many are susceptible to changing? And if John has Lee ahead, then Lee is ahead. And it's going to be a long, rough road from now to November. Because Lee Zeldin, even though he, he was a, you know, he's a veteran, he was a paratrooper, he's done everything, he's still going to be hit with everything imaginable between now and November by the left-wing media and by the Democrats. And uh, Lee's, Lee's tough, and he is a uh, uh, lieutenant governor uh, candidate, uh, is a great, uh, she, she's former NYPD, she's going to do a great job. So, no, I think we're in, uh, we're in good shape. We've got to work at it because the odds are against us overall. When you look beyond that, we're in good shape. By the way, the Republicans even came out, and Rob Astorino on this show a couple of weeks ago accused Lee Zeldin of voting with Andrew Cuomo almost every single time. And uh, while I like Rob and I like Andrew, I have endorsed, as you know, Peter Lee Zeldin since day one. I can't help but think that's why he's winning in the polls. Anyway, Peter King here with uh, Bernie and Sid on this on this Wednesday morning. Zelensky is set to speak to Congress via Zoom, I guess, coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. Bernie has been all over it this morning. I think he pretty much told you what to expect. I think you'd agree with Bernie. You're going to get a lot of the no-fly zone. So all this stuff, basically, that'll put us into World War III is what Zelensky wants and we don't want. Yes? No. <laughs> no. Now, listen, I, I respect you and Bernie, your views on this. But right up till now, Zelensky has shown a heroism that I don't know any other leader in the world is showing. As far as World War Three, I think there's more of a chance of World War Three if we just uh, allow Putin to go in there. The fact is, this goes beyond Ukraine. You see this right now, this forming alliance between Russia and China. You're going to see European countries who are now standing with NATO. If uh, Russia is allowed to establish itself without much of a fight there, you're going to see Germany going over because Russia is now, will then have the energy control of, of, of Europe. Uh, it will have shown that the United States does not have the, uh, you know, the leadership that we should have. And obviously to Joe Biden. But the fact is, it's going to weaken us for years to come. And as far as, listen, if the people in, nobody's giving them a false hope. These people are smart enough. They're doing this all on their own. They want to fight and they're asking for help. But nobody's making them fight. No one is even saying they're going to win. But to me, if uh, Zelensky is elected leader like Churchill was in England uh, back in 1940 when everyone was saying you should take a deal with the Russians. Because they no, you can't deal with the Russians. If they have a peace treaty and they demilitarize, that means Putin's going to treat them the way the Uyghurs have been treated in China. They would rather fight. They've been under Russian rule. They know what it means. They would rather fight and die than live and be tortured. And I think that's it. And, uh, but again, uh, nobody wants World War III. Nobody's saying put troops in there. But I think that to allow them to take Ukraine uh, and just take it and us not to give the Ukrainians the uh, weapons they want to fight with, to me, would be... Uh, not only hurting them, hurting ourselves and hurting the NATO alliance in the long term. And I've always been shaky on NATO anyway. It's the strongest NATO has been really in years. And I wouldn't want to lose that uh, sense of solidarity because if Ukraine is lost, it is going to be Poland soon. It could even be 
parts of Hungary you don't know. So it's a, it's a dangerous world. And well, like Hitler should have been stopped. I think you have to stop Putin. Listen, uh, Putin or, or the Russian army already exposed itself as being weak, ineffective, not a fierce fighting force. And you have none other than uh, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, Bill O'Reilly saying that a no-fly zone would lead to World War III. And I happen to agree with them. Uh, well, I don't consider Bill O'Reilly a military expert. I mean, I was on with him the other night on Cats at Night. And <laughs> that was saying Jack, you know, General Jack Keane doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh, oh, Jack Keane was the one who put together the surge policy in Iraq, which did work. That was the one part of the policy which worked. Okay. It worked effectively. Yeah. So, uh, and Ted Cruz, listen, Ted Cruz has been mouthing off for years. So I'm not, I'm not overly All right. Uh, okay, you know, let's go back. Marco Rubio, as you like. Let's go back to Jack Keane. Jack Keane is against a no-fly zone for the same reason. General Keane is against a no-fly zone. Now, you heard Zelensky yesterday talking to the Canadian Parliament, and he indicated that Ukraine would not. In, in other words, he indicated a willingness to negotiate with Putin. He said that Ukraine does not want to be part of NATO. I'll concede that. So he's 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 hinting that he's open to negotiations, shouldn't we pursue that more than a no-fly zone? Yeah, if they're negotiations, but not you know, not a sellout. I mean, uh, you know, what does it mean by negotiation? Does that mean demilitarizing? Does that mean you're bringing down your military and you're leave, leaving yourself open to being invaded by uh, Russia? I mean, Russia's going to be running the country. What, what does that mean to have a Russian puppet? Running Ukraine. What does it but, mean? But look, they already, have... they already invaded, and they, they, they've proven that they can't handle it. They can't do it. So if it would stop the war right now, why not do that? Because what would that mean? What, what, what is stopping the war? I mean, is Putin going to pull all his troops out? No. Okay. Well, maybe so if we negotiate that. Is he going to allow Zelensky or any pro-Ukrainian leader to be there? No. No. Not. no. So then, in effect, they become part of Russia, and they would be part of the subjugation that they lived under which they rebelled against. So, I mean, it's, uh, that's up to them to say, listen, if Zelensky wants to negotiate, that's fine. But just to say negotiate for the sake of negotiating, to me, is wrong. Peter King on fire this morning. I like when he disagrees with me and Bernie. I like that. So <laughs> so yeah. we did the Governor Hochul stuff. We did the Ukraine-Russia stuff. we got to get back to sports here because that's the, you're really good at that. And you're a huge sports enthusiast. And you're a diehard like me and Bernard Diehard New York Met fan, which probably the Mets should be really good this year. That is a really good roster. And man, could they pitch? They go five deep. But uh, this uh, this uh, mandate nonsense, which we, you know we just saw Kyrie Irving score sixty points for the Brooklyn Nets last night, but he couldn't play two days ago in Brooklyn. This could be the case with Aaron Judge in the Bronx, and who knows how many Met players? Because Eric Adams won't uh, stop this this ridiculous nonsense, which makes no scientific and or common sense to begin with. What, what is Eric Adams doing with the baseball stuff? I have no idea. It makes absolutely no sense at all. Listen, people can argue or disagree about when you needed the vaccine, when you needed a mask. The fact is, it's over with. If you can have 20,000 people in Madison Square Garden, if you can have restaurants filled, uh, and this, is, by the way, is going to be outdoors. So I don't know what, what he's talking about. It's, uh, it makes no sense whatsoever. It's a, it's a COVID hangover that some people have. I mean, listen, we have to watch it going forward, see what happens. But right now, there's absolutely no reason why we can't go back to a normal life. And to me, the health of New York, the average kid in New York is a Yankee fan. His mental health is going to be helped a lot more by having Aaron Judge out there on the field and playing. Agreed. So, I mean, this is, uh, you know, so, uh, no, this, it, it, I, I don't know what Eric Adams is talking about. What he should be doing is really working with the police to make sure that, you know, the crime unit works on the street, to make sure that uh, the city becomes safe, not uh, somehow spying on Aaron Judge to see if he got his vaccination. <laughs> uh, by the way, Bruce Blakeman, the uh, Nassau County executive, and your friend, uh, Congressman Peter King, 
He went up to Albany yesterday to try to, uh, you know, exhort the uh, legislature to change the no-cash bail law. You know, any results, any effective results from uh, his meetings with with these uh, state legislature people? I haven't spoken to Bruce. I'm pretty sure there's going to be no quick result. But unlike Eric Adams, who went to Albany and just uh, said, you know, they said, no, I'm going home. Bruce will keep this fight going as long as he can. He's doing a great job as county executive. You know, you and I are very friendly with Laura Curran. It's not anti-Laura Curran, but Bruce has done a great job. And he's taken the fight to them. I mean, from day one where he uh, had his inauguration with uh, no mask required. And everyone says everybody in the, in the, uh, the hall was going to die of COVID. <laughs> Nobody got sick and everyone's doing fine. Yeah. His first thing was to sign an executive order saying the kids didn't have to wear masks. So, no, Bruce has been, uh, he's doing the job. And uh, if anyone can lead and you know, really mobilize other county executives and mayors, and maybe he can bring Eric Adams with him the next time when they go up there and they can fight to get the bail reform and other changes made in this whole criminal justice uh, nonsense of the last several years where cops became the enemies and the gangs in the street became the heroes. Uh, Peter King is always an amazing, amazing appearance. One of your all-time best, to be honest, on fire this morning. So thank you so much for hopping on and tell all your friends that uh, they can learn more about my personal life on my Instagram page and they can call Bernie at home. (laughs) Long live the king. Hey, Bernie, maybe we'll talk later on to get ready for tomorrow, okay? Yes, indeed, we will. Yes, uh, uh, Congressman Peter King and I will be hosting the noon hour tomorrow on St. Patrick's Day, celebrating all things Irish and all things St. Patrick's Day tomorrow at noon. Congressman Peter King and myself on 77 WABC. I'll talk to you later, Peter. Okay, Bernie, good enough. Bye, Sid. See you, buddy. Thank you very much. And I'm sure next week in my absence, but I'll be in California, Peter will sit in a bunch with you, too. So that's a great one-two Irish punch, Peter King and Bernie McGurk. You know, quickly, Bernie, about uh, we got to go in 40 seconds, but Heshi Orgenbaum sent me a message. He, he wanted us to ask uh, Peter King about this. His contention, not just him, I've heard this from a million people, is that Russia is basically running the U.S.-Iran negotiations for this new ridiculous nuclear deal. Is that right? Sid, you have great recall capacity. You don't remember me telling you this, that Russia is the intermediary yes. between us and the Iranians yes. in the Iran nuclear deal? Yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, a Michael Goodwin put out a column on Sunday, and he was like, you know, you know he was surprised that that, that, that that was occurring. And I remember thinking, reading his column on Sunday, I said that last Monday. Last Monday. Uh, last that week was on Monday. You're right. The last show you did before you're right. Before That's you exactly. left. You yes. said it last Monday. Yes. So it, it, it's so stupid, so inexplicable, so insane that that's a, they're allowing this to happen. Yep. The Russians are brokering our negotiations with Iran on the Iran nuclear deal. It, it, it's it's absolutely appalling and disgusting, and uh, it just speaks volumes about how incompetent. Or a suicidal this administration is. You did say it. You did say it last Monday. So folks out there that are wondering, Bernie said it last Monday, and Bernie, as always, is right. We'll come back with the second half. We got some great guests still stopping by, Dr. Mark Siegel and the very entertaining Tom Bergeron, the Wednesday edition of Bernie and Sid. What? I'm all right. Now, what uh, great movie is this song, the theme song from? This is uh, from, let's see, 
Gone with the wind. You're right. I mean, you're so close, you have no oh, idea. Very close. Very close. Only I'll, about four uh, let me centuries. Guess I'll, I'll, give, about, I'll, I'll give you who the actors are. How about Robin Hood? Not even close. <laughs> I'll give you the actors. Here are the actors. The, well, this, Ro- I Robin actually, Hood. Go ahead. Never mind. Here are I'm the sorry. actors. I actually saw this guy being interviewed by Jane Pauling's show last Sunday. He is considered one of the real douchebags in Hollywood, Chevy Chase. But the rest of the cast includes Ted Knight, Rodney Dangerfield, Bill Murray. Oh, Caddyshack. Yes! Yes, one of the greats. Rodney Dangerfield was superb in that movie. He was great. He was really good, really, really good. Hey, speaking of stuff like that, I mean, I watched the Bachelor finale last night. And, uh, well, if you taped it and uh, plan to watch it tonight, spoiler alert, Clayton picked Susie. And I got to tell you. Oh, come on. There was more blubbering and bad acting going on last night for two hours. It was just it was almost unwatchable. It what, really was. What I mean, a loser he looked like. Oh, right? You saw God. some of that? I had to see some of he that. He really yeah. is a, such oh. a, speaking a doofus, Unlikable. such a. An insincere doofus yeah. is what he was. Yeah. So, Burn, are you a you're a low key uh, bachelor fan? Well, I watch because of uh, my beautiful wife Carol. She I watches. Yeah. So uh, I do. I, the, I do the same thing for my uh, beautiful girlfriend Lisa. Exactly, yeah. but uh, it's mercifully over now. You, you get sucked <laughs> in. That's well, the you problem. Do. Well, to be honest, it's one of those things. It's so bad you that can't, you, you can't take your can't eyes take off away. of it. Yeah. Totally, yeah. So right. terrible. Oh, so, so when I accept, and I don't watch it, so this is the one case where I really can't get involved in the conversation. I don't. But for years when I say, like, for example, I put on The Real Housewives of New Jersey last night. I stopped watching it. But uh, one of these episodes coming up is going to be the softball game from last year, Bernie, which I was involved in. So I want to see myself on television. So I put it on for a couple of minutes last night. Uh, and when I said to you for years, it's so bad, it's good. You guys made fun of me. Now you're saying the same exact thing about The Bachelor. Yeah, we're hypocrites. Yeah, okay. No, no question about it. We are total, uh, in capital letters, hypocrites is what we are. But anyway, yeah, that was last night, and thank God it's over. I mean, it was really so, so bad. Hey, listen, uh, the imbecile in chief, uh, he, he spoke yesterday. I didn't hear this, but apparently he, he alluded to, uh, he referred to uh, the dingbat Kamala Harris as the first lady. Let, let's hear what that sounded like, a little cut to. There's been a little change in the arrangement of who's on the stage because of the First Lady's husband uh, oh, yeah. contracting COVID. Oh, yeah, yeah. First Lady's husband no, contracting no, COVID. No, he's talking about Barack Obama, buddy. What's that? Barack Obama has the COVID. He's talking no, about no, Michelle no. Obama, no? No, Kamala's uh, husband contracted uh, Oh, he's got COVID. it too. So, yeah, and he just said the First Lady's husband. She ain't the First Lady, bro. She is the, uh, well, I don't know what the hell, she's the Vice President. The First Lady is Jill Biden. Uh, somebody go call the White House and tell uh, Joe that, please. Can somebody do that? Are you one hundred percent sure he wasn't referring to Michelle? A thousand percent. Okay. Yeah. Because why? Why would? Uh, why I don't would know. Michelle what, Obama I, be up on I don't, the stage? I don't know what the conversation was before, but uh, Barack does have it, and she was the first lady. Well, he was it just describing why the stage looks different. Uh, why gotcha. there's not right. the people that right. and, 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 and to Bernie's point, he's only done this how many times now, Bernie? A hundred? Meh, hundred fifty, something <laughs> like that. So bad, so bad. And of course, uh, the, the most laughable thing in in the past couple of weeks is. Uh, well, the past week, I should say, past few days, is this blame Putin for inflation and rising gas and heating oil pr- uh, prices, all that stuff. But uh, you would think the media might call him out on it. You would think some of the fake news people. And this, this, this montage you're going to hear, Sydney, is your boy Chuck Todd. 
you got to text him and ask him what he's talking about. Listen to them. They're applauding him for blaming Putin, you know, and trying to get away with uh, a lie. Listen to this. Can we have an honest conversation about gas prices? Because too much of the U.S. media chatter is distorted to the point of being dishonest. Higher gas prices is a small sacrifice to make. Many politicians act as though it's President Biden who caused inflation (laughs) and that he can fix this. No, I mean, you know, he did not cause the war which caused prices to surge. And you heard the president of the United States not say Putin's price hike. Putin's price hike. A Putin price hike. Putin's price hike. And Putin's price hike is a great way to message it. So it's a great way to message In other words, they're proud of him. Proud of him for spinning a lie like that on the American people. The dishonest media, I tell you, it really, really just rankles you. It's just, it's again why the election was rigged before Election Day in November of 2020. I posit that. Anyway, well, listen, it's so we, frustrating, too, because we're not that far removed, you, Bernie, from playing a couple of cuts over the last couple of weeks where Chuck Todd was coming around, where he was saying things that were, were making sense. And I love Chuck. I love him to Pete. We've been over this. Uh, but two or three times he played cuts, Chuck Todd, like Bill Maher. And then he goes and says something like that, which is so stupid. I just, I'm not going to text right. him, but it's just very frustrating. Yeah, I, I guess they go back and forth. Their conscience bothers them at some point. At some point it doesn't. I don't know. I'm not sure. But uh, it really is sad, tragic, uh, that we have a corrupt, biased, dishonest media at this particular time. Anyway, listen to, uh, we were talking to Peter King. And I cited uh, Ted Cruz. I cited Marco Rubio. Bill O'Reilly, Jack Keane. But anyway, on this no-fly zone that Zelensky in in less than an hour is going to be asking the Congress, our Congress for, uh, listen to Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio make the case against a no-fly zone and tell us uh, if you find any flaws in the argument. Take a listen. A no-fly zone would be a mistake because that has American pilots and American fighter jets engaged in direct conflict with Russian pilots and Russian fighter jets. And and that is an invitation to escalation, an invitation to World War III. We we don't want to see that. Are you and your colleagues now more open to a no-fly zone? Look, a no-fly zone has become a catchphrase. I'm not sure a lot of people fully understand what that means. That means flying AWACS 24 hours a day. That means the willingness to shoot down and engage Russian airplanes in the sky. That means, frankly, you can't put those planes up there unless you're willing to knock out the anti-aircraft systems that the Russians have deployed, and not just in Ukraine, but in Russia and also in in Belarus. So basically, a no-fly zone, if people understood what it means, it means World War III. Means World War Three means uh, you sending your kid over to Ukraine to die for Ukraine. But they I have don't... to be wrong. But they have to be wrong. Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio have to be wrong. You know why? Why? Because the White House agrees. White House put a statement this morning that the no-fly zone is a non-starter. Zelensky shouldn't even go there. They're not going to be okay with that. So they got to be wrong. If Joe Biden no. and the White House agrees, I hear something's you, wrong. I hear you. I like your line of thinking. I like your line of thinking. You're right. It does. Uh, <laughs> politics makes strange bedfellows, as they say. But uh, listen, unless you're willing to say that your kid should die for d- democracy in the Ukraine, shut up about a no-fly zone. And and nobody wants their kid to die for the Ukraine. We want it to die for the United States of America, but not the Ukraine. And the Ukraine is not a NATO. We're not uh, treaty-bound to defend the Ukraine. Let's negotiate something. Let's not be, make stupid decisions where, uh, you know, we are dragged into uh, 
a, a shooting war with the damn Russians. We don't want that. Uh, so, listen, uh, I just wanted to play those clips and see if there were any flaws in the argument. There aren't any. Either way, I, I still uh, love Peter King. Uh, you know, he wants to uh, he wants to do the right thing. The right thing would be for the Ukrainians to win and kick the hell out of Putin. But the uh, the 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 unintended consequences it's too much. Just way, way, the, way too much. The, the course is too much. I mean, you know, it, 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 it's one thing to say he's brave. Every day somebody sends me a video of a mother, a father and a kid dead from gunshot wounds in their car. Doesn't make any sense. So bravery is one thing. Stupidity is another. But it, it, you should fight with them tomorrow. Are you allowed to fight? With another Irishman on St. Patrick's Day? Nah, we're not. We're not going to. It's, it's going to be fun and celebratory. Oh, uh, the noon that. hour yesterday, yeah. uh, tomorrow, excuse me, on St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> with Congressman Peter King and myself. Listen, I want to. I want to. I want to circle back to a story I did yesterday. Uh, by the way, tell Luke to get ready. I want to bring him out here in a second. He's but, here. Uh, he's ready to go. He's all set to go. Oh, uh, just uh, very briefly, this uh, Jane Campion. She won a Director's uh, Critics Choice Award for directing, and she said this about that. And also alluded to the Serena, the Williams sisters, excuse me. Take a listen to this. I'd also just like to uh, give my love out to my fellow, 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 the guys. <laughs> the nominees. And, and, you know, Serena and Venus, you are such marvels. However, you do not play against the guys. <laughs> like I have to. <laughs> So I tell you, she caught holy hell for saying that you don't have to play against the guys like I do. Well, not only did she catch hell, but she she ended up apologizing. She said, I made a thoughtless comment equating what I do in the film world with all that Serena and Venus Williams have achieved. I did not intend to devalue these two legendary black women and world-class athletes. When did she do that? She she made this comment, I guess, overnight. No, no, no. When did she devalue them? Oh, by saying that no, they no. don't have to play against the well, guys. That's a fact. What do you mean? That's a fact. That's not devaluing them. That's a fact. That last time I checked, Serena Williams didn't win the U.S. Open by beating, I don't know, Rafael Nadal. She beat, bro, uh, bro. you know, Capriati. Excuse <laughs> me, whatever. Bro. You don't get it, man. You just don't get it. I guess I don't. That's yeah. the problem. Yeah. And I guess I don't either, but. Uh... Stupid. She, she, she didn't do anything wrong. She did not have to apologize to anybody. But uh, take it from a guy who's been there, apologizing to the Williams sisters is just a good idea. Right. Headaches go away right. quickly. Uh, you do, you, you should see the movie because Will Smith does an um, not good, an amazing job, Bernie, as um, what's the father's name again? Um, Richard Williams. Yes. Uh, the and movie is King Richard, and it is great. And you called that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I said yesterday as well, I might as well make this comment again, uh, what, what Richard Williams did is a testament to the value of fathers yep. in the household, black households, white households, but, yes, dads. And there are a lot of missing dads yep. in a lot of sure. certain demographic yep. households, and that's why kids don't achieve. Anyway, I thought well, but One I'd thing point- you do learn in the movie, too, is all we heard about was Richard over the years. And your point is a great point, Bernie. You're right. He was a, a hands-on father, and he's got kids who were doctors and lawyers and tennis players. But the mother... Their mother in the movie, she plays a huge part, too. Many mornings, Richard would take Venus out. The mom would take Serena out. And she would hit with her daughters, too. So oh, I think a... she was undervalued in the press. The mother did a heck, not as much as Richard. Richard, every day, every night, Compton, rain, sunshine, it didn't matter. But the mother was a very active in both Venus and Serena's tennis career. Very active. To her credit, I'm yes. not surprised. And, and, yes, two-parent household. That's what we want. That's the ideal. That's how kids achieve in the world. Two-parent household. 
work ethic, parents who care, parents who make their kids work and, uh, you know, show respect to other people, et cetera, et cetera. But real briefly, I want to go to uh, this. Uh, this Luke Legrano is here. He's our – what's your title, Luke? I'm the associate producer of the show. He's the associate producer, and Luke Legrano is a very, very talented kid. He's a nice guy. But anyway, there were two stories out there. One of them was this New York Times reporter. His name is Matt Rosenberg, and he won a Pulitzer Prize for, for his January 6th reporting and how dire it was and dangerous, blah, blah, blah. Well, he was caught on tape by uh, this uh, Project Veritas. They haven't released the audio, so we're going to have Luke do a dramatic reading of what he really thought of January 6th. And then uh, also Luke is going to do a dramatic reading of Lori Lightfoot talking about having a big D word. But first do the uh, Matt Matt Rosenberg story on what he really thought of January 6th. Not such a big deal. God, take it away, Luke. All right, Bernie, here we go. There were a ton of FBI informants amongst the people who attacked the Capitol. It was like me, two other colleagues who were there outside, and we were just having fun. I know I'm supposed to be traumatized, but, like, all these colleagues were in the building and are like, oh, my God, it was so scary. I'm like, F off. I'm like, come on. It's not the kind of place I can tell someone to man up, but I kind of want to be like, dude, come on. You were not in any danger. These effing little dweebs who keep going on about their trauma, shut the F up. They're (laughs) effing businesses. They were making too big a deal. They were making this an organized thing that it wasn't. And then he ended it with, well, I stand by those comments. Absolutely. Wow. Great, great reading. And, of course, that's pretty much the truth. Uh, It's been way blown out of proportion January 6th. Uh, these uh, uh, the Liz Cheney's, these Adam Schiff's, these Adam Kinzinger's, they should all shut up and go away because it was a peaceful protest that got out of hand, yes. But uh, the, the the riots of 2020, the summer of 2020, ten times worse. Now, Lori Lightfoot, she got into a squabble with her own people who were dealing with somebody, an Italian group, over a Christopher Columbus statue. Uh, they got Her staff got into a beef with an Italian group. She lambasted her own people, and she invoked, uh, well, we're going to use the word, instead of the D word ending in CK, we're going to end it with a P, P as in problem, a dips. We're going to say dips. Luke, uh, you're going to read a transcript of what she said, Lori Lightfoot. Go ahead. I've got it right here. Okay, here we go. You dips. What the F were you thinking? You make some kind of secret agreement with Italians? You're out there measuring your dips with the Italians to see who's got the biggest dips? You're out there stroking your dips over the Columbus statue? (laughs) My dip is bigger than yours and the Italians. I have the biggest dip in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Lori Lightfoot. He's a badass. Yeah. He's taking on the Italians. The Italians in Chicago. Damn. And she's also an incompetent moron as well. I mean, i got to tell you that. But uh, anyway, great job, Luke Legrano. You can get a Bernie and Sid Emmy uh, this morning. Uh, excellent work. You, you have a future in this uh, thespian business. I'd like to thank the ACAD, Bernie. You got it. <laughs> you got it, Luke Legrano. Listen, we're going to talk to Dr. Mark Siegel, Lydia Serrani, Tom Bergeron. A lot of Bernie and Sid left. one 800 We're coming right back. This is Lydia Reports on 77 WABC. Here's Lydia Serrani. Do you guys know this song? 
Of course, Carl Chameleon, Toy George, Culture Club. I used to love him. That's right. Her. Former UFC well, fighter, uh, Boy George. <laughs> <laughs> well, when my sister and I, I remember this back in the day, first saw Boy George and first heard this song. This was back in the day. We had this big argument whether or not he was a boy or a girl. And then my cousin Nikki, I remember this vividly. He would say to me, what, what is wrong with you guys? Because we're like, he's wearing makeup. He has long hair. He talks like he, he must be a girl. And they were like, no, no. He, and, you know, Nikki was older and he was laughing at us. And so obviously we now know that Boy George is indeed uh, a man because he has genitalia. But in this day and age, apparently that doesn't make you a man, even if you have genitalia, even if you look like a man, even if you sound like a man, because you can be a man and be woman of the year. Yes, that's according to USA Today, which made Rachel Levine. Rachel Levine is one of their women of the year. Rachel Levine is, you know, the head of, pub, uh, of public policy when it, and uh, you mean Admiral, Biden administration. Admiral Rachel yes, Levine. Admiral, excuse me. USA Today made her Women of the Year? Well, I think two years the, ago. She's, two years ago. She's what? featured as one of the women of yeah. the year. Oh, no, they did Well, what's his name oh, won no, two years didn't. ago? Bruce Jenner won two years ago. Uh, what's his name now? Caitlin? So that would be two years running, I believe, that a uh, former man turned woman would win that. That's become the trend. You know, this is what, uh, remember the, the poop, poop perpetrator? That's what he, he represents the Democrats. They just shove this crap in your face. <laughs> That's what they do. And this, this is a perfect example of that. What the hell does this woman, uh, this person, this guy need to be woman of the year? What the hell did, did he do? I I have no idea. I mean, well, I'll tell you he, what he did. She I'll give you, is the I'll give U.S. You. Assistant Secretary for Health. I mean, and clearly, I don't even understand how he she got that job, considering that there is clearly a mental problem there. Because you don't just wake up one day and and say, okay, I'm a man or I'm a woman. But obviously, we know he still has those parts. That's that's forget about that part. But you can't change your by a lot. You can't change your uh, DNA. It's just so mind-boggling. And then to hail this person as a hero because they have a mental illness and make them – and this is a major publication. This is USA Today talking about this person as woman of the year. We are in, in bizarro world. Not only that, this person here was uh, the top health official in the state of Pennsylvania. They, Pennsylvania did the same thing as, New, as Governor Cuomo did here in New York, which is shove COVID-infected uh, uh, patients back into nursing homes. She did. He did this in Pennsylvania, and while he was doing this, he took his mother out of a nursing home. So, on top of everything else, I mean, the record. I mean, that that sneaky little uh, be, uh, uh, move of taking mom out while uh, dooming hundreds and thousands of elderly people to death. I mean, that 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 warrants appointing you women of the year I mean, I mean I'm, I'm speechless I'm I'm, 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 I'm I'm I don't know gotta take it on top of that if you're gonna be a man who's gonna become a woman and you're gonna do all that work make it work uh, she is one of the most ugliest <laughs> she makes Joy Behar look like a runway model seriously she is she, she looks ugly like, she <laughs> makes Ron Kuby look like Christy Brinkley for God's sake <laughs> Well, I, I'd like to say that I think I got bigger balls than she has, even though she still has hers anatomically attached oh, to her. Snap. You know, give me a give me a break. They, and the USA Today said she defines courage. 
She, what, how does she define courage? I don't understand. So you wake up one day, you're mentally ill. It's like being an anorexic and going to a doctor and saying, I need liposuction. What would we do to that doctor? We'd put that doctor probably in jail. We'd say, how could you do that to this person? Yet here we are making, normalizing this. That's what's really worry, worrying me because I have a daughter and our future generation is going to think that this is okay. And a lot, I just, I, I don't know. And I saw another article, by the way, in the New York Post, and it has like this Vogue fashion editor, consultant, 30-year-old woman, and she's talking about how the new style is called lesbian chic, about how Zendaya and all these stars, uh, Kristen Stewart, you know, that's the woman that played uh, Bella, vampire. Right. She just played uh, Princess Diana. She was actually pretty good. Well, first of all, that one, she, they, they were like, oh, she, well, Kristen Stewart wears a suit, so that's lesbian chic. I wear suits and pantsuits all the time. I've been doing it my whole life. Let me tell you something. I am far from a lesbian. Why, if you want to wear pants and a nice tailored suit, all of a sudden it's like a lesbian chic? They want to co-opt everything, make everything sexual, make everything bi, queer, plus, minus, you know, divide sign. I have no multiply. I don't know. I, I have no idea what. It's really sad. That's all I, I even where, know what to where say. Where are the feminists? I mean, well, how, how can a feminist be cool with this? I mean, this guy this guy was uh, uh, paraded around as a man until he was 54 years old, which was about, I don't know, six years ago. All of a sudden, he's a woman, and now he's woman of the year? What the hell is it? I mean, yeah, you, you, but you say we're the feminists. So uh, last Tuesday, you were out, and we celebrated International Women's Day, Bernard. And uh, I brought on Margot Katsimatidis, and it was a wonderful interview, as you know. Uh, I brought in Emily Pankow. She was terrific. Uh, Judge Jeanine Pirro was amazing. Nancy Lieberman probably stole the show that day, the gold medalist winner, NBA player, and Cindy Adams. So five beautiful heterosexual women, and they were all great interviews. And at one point during the Nancy Lieberman interview, I complained about transgender athletes competing against men. And do you know that after that day and all those wonderful interviews I did with the women, I got a bunch of really nasty tweets that said, and I quote, who the hell are you to host any any show on this day when all you do is slam transgenders, which I did not do. But those are your feminist, Bernard, right there. Right there. We're not slamming transgender. We are just calling out the mentally ill. They need help and to normalize it and to make it tell them that it's okay. Leah Thomas, who's clearly a man, clearly still has her body parts. That's why you even see Leah Thomas is that UPenn swimmer that's breaking all the records. She, he, she is going to compete in the Olympics. If you notice, all the pictures are waist up. Nobody's talking about it. She still has her package. I mean, this is, it's, it's crazy. We're defending women is what we're doing. How about Winsome Sears, the first black lieutenant governor of the state of Virginia? How about my mother? Yeah. How about about my mom? How about my mom? She, five kids. One of them was sick for 20, for, for, she worked full time as a cleaning lady, kept the house spotless, five kids. One of them was sick for 10 years with leukemia, never complained. Women like that, women like your mo- your mom said, like your Uh-oh. mom. Oh, you, you like didn't all do of, it. Like Chad, Lope- Chad Lopez talks about his mother all the time. Well, yeah, but you just called out uh, Naomi Rosenberg. Here you go. This, is mom. this creature in the White House. There you go. <laughs> Beautiful. That, that, that gets a woman of the year in my book. Those are women of the year. Hey, Those by the are way, women the, of the year. Something funny, a little different, something funny. I saw a meme online, and it's a picture of Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau sitting with uh, Greta Thunberg, 
Right, and so that, that, that's funny enough, but the caption reads like this. The caption says, remember, it's uh, Justin Trudeau sitting with Greta Thunberg. The caption reads, the most annoying little bitch on earth meets meets with Greta Thunberg. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. How you like that? I love How that. You like so that? Can we play some music yep. on the way out, Luke? Because tonight, 5 o'clock, John Katzmatidis, great show. You don't want to miss it. We break it down, keeping it real, telling the world the truth. Everybody says that all the time. They like to listen to Cats at Night because here's this powerful guy just breaking it down, keeping it simple, and basically demolishing all of the Democratic talking points, those false narratives, down to a pulp Cats at Night, 5 o'clock. You don't want to miss it. Well said, uh, Lydia Serrano. Check her at 5 o'clock tonight on uh, Cats Cats at Night on 77 WABC. Way to go, Lydia. Thank you. Listen, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, he is coming up next on the Bernie and Sid Show. The digital dollar could give the feds control of your money. Get the digital dollar report. Call 1-800-862-6970 and also receive a $1,000 credit from Priority Gold to protect your money. Or just go to digitaldollarreport.com. Please note, the information provided does not constitute financial or investment advice. Well done, Lou Rafino, back here on the Bernie and Sid Show. Heard everywhere on the 77 WABC app, simulcast out on Eastern Long Island, News Talk 107.1 FM, 107.1 FM, folks. Also on your smart TVs, on your computers at WABCradio.tv. Doctor my eyes, indeed, because our next guest here on the Bernie and Sid Show is the vaunted, much-respected Fox News contributor. He's a doctor, a, a, a superb a doctor. His name is Dr. Mark Siegel. And he's become a big friend of Sid Rosenberg's and the show as well, and a lovable, likable guy. Doctor, welcome to the Bernie and Sid Show. Well, first of all, I'm a big fa- friend of Bernie's for many years, by the way. I have to reveal a secret. And I think Bernie is a courageous person fighting prostate cancer and winning. And I'm gonna, my hat is off to that kind of courage. And, and, I, and I honor him and I pray for him. But I also know that he's got it in him to beat it and, and that he's there and I love you, Bernie. Sid, Sid, Sid is okay, too. <laughs> I love okay. you, too, Doc. I, I, that was so nice of you, so nice. Listen, before we get into the meat of anything today, I want to ask you this question. Sid's been playing this clip all morning long of the Ranger fans booing Governor Hochul. Do you think that, and you're a big, huge Nick fan, do you think the Nick fans would do the same thing? Well, the Knicks fans for sure would do the same thing because the only thing the Knicks have gotten right this year, there's only one thing they've gotten right, and, and Sid and I talked about this when we went to the game, and it, here's what it is. Uh, obviously, none of their player moves are working, and by the way, I'm actually, ha- I'm actually happy about that, Sid. You know why? Why? Because I don't have to shell out, I'm not have to shell out for playoffs. Well, that's right. That's to right. See the, to, <laughs> see, to see them be out, go out one and done. They'll be out in you know four games in the first round instead. They're probably not going to make it, which is great, actually. But here's what they got right. They understood the right policy to have at the Garden during games, which is, okay, you know, you show something to get in, either a vaccine or or a test or something to get in. And once you're in, you enjoy yourself. And you know what hasn't happened on the Bernie and Sid show or no other local news and no liberal news is saying, look at those outbreaks of COVID Mm -hmm. that you could link to the Knicks. Oh, none of them. Nothing, nothing <laughs> right. with the Rangers, nothing with, nothing with the Knicks. So, of course, both the Rangers and the Knicks would attack the governor for, their, for her 
hypocritical policies across the board. I would think so. But let's keep it with sports, and uh, nice job, Bernie, because you're a diehard Met fan. Uh, Mark, you and I have had a million Met discussions. And uh, thank God baseball's back, and the Mets could be really good. They go five deep pitching, and, and uh, they got a pretty good lineup, too. But this uh, idiotic mayor of ours, you may like him, I don't know, Eric Adams. I think, I think he's way, in, in way over his head. I think he's full of it. This guy uh, continues... To, to put on this, uh, this this show that now Kyrie Irving, you know, can't play home games for the Brooklyn Nets, and now the Mets and the Yankees. Aaron Judge, for example, the rumor is he has not been vaccinated. He can't play home games in the Bronx. Dr. Mark Siegel, they play baseball outdoors. The virus has been gone for six to nine months. What is this idiot Eric Adams doing? And there's very few cases in New York right now, and most of the city is vaccinated, by the way. And you've got to worry about a lot more going to the Bronx by the way, Sid, on your way to the game, you're going to get mugged. What the heck happened to that? Your chances of catching COVID in Yankee Stadium is 1 in 10,000. Your chances of getting mugged on the 4 train is yeah, 1 in 10. Yeah. Yeah, and by the way, and, and not, not only are you going to get mugged, but the guy that mugs you because of Hochul and Derek Adams getting the door slammed in his face in Albany, he'll be out the next day at the Met game in Queens. <laughs> Getting no, a good exactly. bag. He'll be wearing a mask, by the way. He'll be the only one wearing <laughs> yeah. a mask. Only, only, it'll be a robber mask that he'll wear. And by <laughs> the way, you speak of the Mets. i got to say quickly about the Mets. I don't know about what your view is about Chris Bassett. I mean, look, he's a number three starter. They're hyping all of this. You're right. They have a solid rotation. But he's not going to be a number one. And I like the Yankees' move with, with Donaldson. I think that, that he's a great third baseman. So I do, I do see upgrades both sides, and I want to go to both. Absolutely. I'm going to to both. There you go. The multifaceted Dr. Mark Siegel on the Bernie and Sid show. Uh, Dr. Siegel, there is a, there was a report I saw yesterday of another variant out in Europe, uh, a mixture of the Omicron and the Delta. They're calling it the Deltacron. Uh, is, is, should we be worried about that? I think if you saw that in a movie called Contagion or some sci-fi movie, you'd say, oh, Delta Cron is coming, and you'd understand that, you know, you're watching a sci-fi movie. But no, we shouldn't be watching, because what viruses do is they mutate and they combine, and they don't tuck it or anything like that. So no, we're not going to be hearing Delta Cron other than that it makes a good headline. And that's one of the problems, isn't it? What yep. makes a scary headline? And what can we oversell to the public? What can we overpromise so that they don't believe a word we say? And I actually was thinking yesterday that by overselling things, We've lost a lot of backing from our patients, not just too many doctors followed politicians in this pandemic, don't you think? And then patients don't trust us anymore. No, that's true. You're right. Uh, But you're one of the voices of reason. And you have been along with Nicole Sapphire, Dr. Oz and others. And Dr. Mark, not only do you know everything about the the health field and uh, sports as well, but you do do a lot of stuff with Fox News. You're the first to interview President Bush, 43, for example. So you're in that political arena every single day. And you know this, Mark, for the better part of two years, whatever went wrong, Democrats blamed on the COVID. Well, now they've got a new excuse. It's called Putin. And they put the COVID to the side. Isn't it cute how they go from one disaster to another to explain away all their blunders? Not to mention the fact that they, they, they attach our fear brain to one and then the other. You don't hear anybody talking about COVID anymore because they've got something else to scare us with, which is the war. And by the way, you mentioned Bush 43, and of course I interviewed Trump twice, but Bush 43, let me tell you, it may be the most fit person that ever served. He, he Talk about athletes. I've ridden mountain bikes with Bush 43. He's in incredible shape, even at his, even at his age, in his mid-70s. Wow. He really, really takes sports extremely seriously and is a great mountain biker. 
Wow, George Bush uh, 43, right. I used to love George Bush 43. I still like him, actually. Listen, uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, uh, yesterday the Senate ran, speaking of doctors, Dr. Paul, Dr. Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul as well, he, he, he introduced legislation to end the uh, mask mandates for public transportation for planes, and it actually passed the Senate 57 to 40. So uh, it looks like the masks are going to be coming off the planes. Is that a good idea? Yeah, of course. And by the way, Bernie, uh, Doctor, my eyes. When you started the segment, I thought I thought Rand Paul was coming on because he's also a top <laughs> ophthalmological good. surgeon. Yes. But 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 I actually agree with that for a very strange reason. I look for consistency in public health. And if you're allowed, I mean, uh, Sid already brought it up. You know, you can't go to Yankee Stadium. It's ridiculous. It's outdoors. There's plenty of places you can go indoors now without a mask. Well, have you seen anyone on a plane lately? Here's what they do on a plane. People wear their mask dutifully around their chin, never up over their nose, and then they're eating the entire flight with no mask on. How, how does that right, mean anything? Unbelievable. If you have one on, and the guy across the aisle is eating with one on. You, know, I mean, you know what that's like, just quickly, is it's like the old days when they had smoking sections up to a certain point, and then the next seat would be a no smoking section, as though they could separate the, the you know smoking and non-smoking. It was ridiculous then. It's ridiculous now. Oh, that's a perfect example, Bernie. You're exactly right. And even going back to basketball, Doctor Mark Siegel, for some reason the players on the bench who are not in the game they wear masks and they get up and they walk literally one foot, one foot, and they take the mask off and go into the game. I mean, we look like idiots. I mean, I, listen. I still have on the Upper West Side for one more week. I'm leaving, thank God. But one more week. I can't tell you, Dr. Mark, how many people, not all old people, plenty of young people that are still walking around outside yesterday, 66 degrees and sunny, wearing masks. What? I thought, by the way, I, 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 my bubble was burst yesterday because my theory for wearing masks outside is that it's really cold and people are using it like a muffler. But it was right. 67 degrees in New York yesterday, <laughs> so people look ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, look wear a mask I- indoors in tight confines if you're immunocompromised, if you have a reason. But the, the inconsistency with masks has really shown that people are like dogs on leashes. It's, it's really disturbing, deeply, deeply disturbing. And, hey, and I think it's time we get we get past it. Completely, totally agree. We all agree here. Uh, listen, Dr. Mark Siegel on the Bernie and Sid show. You know who's uh, gone MIA? You can see him on a, maybe the side of a milk carton. Dr. Anthony Fauci. Mm. Where the hell is this guy gone? He's been wrong on everything, and now it's time to account for that, and we don't see him anywhere. Well, I think the biggest right, and maybe maybe he's he's taken, gotten a memo, which is he shouldn't be out there spouting things that change the next day. I think <laughs> Tony has a big background as a scientist, but the problem is that he's made too many health, public health pronouncements, and a lot of them have been contradictory. And nothing has done more damage, by the way, than the lockdowns. That continues to be a problem. The closures, the fear that it caused, the loss of socialization, the issues with schools, which were political from the beginning because of the teachers' union, everybody saw through that, where kids have to wear masks in New York for a while and, and, you, and not in businesses. That made no sense. I mean, three-year-olds with masks on being, you know, losing their ability to learn how to speak or how to read. All of this comes from the lockdown stuff at the beginning, based on another virus, by the way. Lockdowns were, were supposed to be there for flu, but this virus spreads a lot easier, more easily than flu. None of the shutdowns or the lockdowns ever made sense. The mask hypocrisy never made sense. Here's the worst of all, by the way, overselling the vaccine. The vaccine actually is effective at decreasing risks of hospitalization. But sending it out there like a panacea and mandating it 
that sent a wrong message and did a lot to erode confidence in vaccines. Promising more than the vaccine could deliver was an enormous mistake. Oh. And Fauci was in on that, too. On the way out, Dr. Mark Siegel, I've had this fear, maybe Bernie has, too, that when it was over, and it's been over for a long time, I don't care what anybody says, that's how I felt, that's how Bernie feels, much longer than, than the politicians and the public will allow you to believe. But my fear was always that they'd come up with something else, like this Delta Cron, for example, that was going to be deadly. Now, we know that's not the case, but it doesn't look as though, Dr. Mark Siegel, there's another variant on the horizon that they can use the politicians to their benefit in 2022 or 2024. It looks like this thing is really just about dead. Is that true? No, don't be so sure. They're going to try to dust off the BA2 subvariant. Don't what is that? No, no, what, what, what is that? Well, what is see, that? Well, see, they got a problem, Sid. They got a problem. It doesn't sound sexy enough to be scary. Delta <laughs> sounds like it could kill you. But the BA2 subvariant sounds like it's in a laboratory. So they got a problem with, with, with trying to scare people with that. But wait, wait, what, what, what is, that? is that? Is that is that like the original one all over again? Out of the, the BA, what, what is that one? It's another form of Omicron. But, of course, if you've had Omicron, you're protected against it. If you've had the vaccine, you're pretty well protected against it. You know, the problem is that they have public health officials have completely downplayed the immunity you get from having had COVID. And they continue to do that. So, so no, but in answer to your question, I think they're using the war to fear monger. And the war, of course, is, is frightening as hell. It's real. But politicians are using that instead of covid which makes me really cynical you know it makes me cynical that we're, all of this all of this chest thumping over covid disappeared overnight not because covid disappeared overnight by the way you, your point is it's been diminishing for weeks and weeks and weeks but the fear-mongering got replaced with a hyper focus on the war which which, which we we should have that focus but it it, it it makes you think that they have wooden legs you know that they're, they're filled with booze and a wooden leg and you can't listen to a word a politician tells you but I, I guess you guys already knew that, right? <laughs> yeah, we, we heard that. And just finally, really quick, uh, Dr. Siegel, is the one thing they omitted during the pandemic was telling people not to be fat, be healthy, take your vitamin D, go out for exercise, and don't overeat because that was the biggest comorbidity, and that was one of the, the major omissions they made that cost people lives. Bernie, that was, is one of the hugest points, and I'm glad you made it, which is that actually – that's what the pandemic is. I call it collateral damage. People sitting at home worrying to go out ended up overeating, getting getting obese, getting high blood pressure, getting heart problems, getting uh, way more at risk for anything that would come their way, whether it's COVID or any other disease. That's been the huge. That's going to end. That plus the depression and the anxiety that we've caused in our children, that's not easily repaired, is way more way more damaging from a public health point of view than the virus ever will be. By the way, Dr. Mark, Ava is supposed to hear from Brown this week. So I'm going to call you. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You, uh, I'll put in one last good word for her. She's going to get it. You, 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 we'll go out to the Knicks to celebrate. Only we probably won't even watch the game. No. Bernie, I, pr I promise to take, take you, too. By the time I get Bernie to one of these games, there'll yeah. be nothing to watch. Well, you know, we'll, we'll put the Knicks aside. We'll grab Bernie. By the way, the... By the way no, I, I, have a question. I have a quick question on the Knicks before you let me go. Yeah. Do you think that the, prob the problem with Kemba Walker is that he had to sit at the sidelines wearing a mask until he couldn't breathe? <laughs> and therefore, he 
yeah. on the court. Maybe that was it. Maybe you figured it out. I don't know. Or maybe he's just old and his knees aren't as good anymore, and he's not good anymore. But uh, at any rate, yeah, the Kemba Walker Ever Forney, Evan Fournier editions did not uh, put the Knickerbockers <laughs> over the top. Hey, Dr. Mark, you're great. We love you. Another great appearance. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. And my love and prayers to Bernie. And I, I know you're doing great, Bernie. Great to be on with you. Thanks very too, much, Doc. You, you are su- su- just such a nice guy. A pleasure. On the Bernie and Sitcha, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to speak to Tom Bergeron next hour. A lot, m- lot more Bernie and Sid to come after this. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. See all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's gonna be bright, 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 sunshine day. Well, we do have bright sunshine right now. Temperatures expected to hit in the 60s today. You know, it's gonna be 73 and sunny on Friday, but then. We don't hit the 60s at all next week, so the weather goes up and down and up and down. Where I'll be next week, it'll be 85 and sunny, which is Los Angeles, California. I did uh, yesterday after the show, Joe Tacopina came in, was on with me, and Bernardi was great. Nearly got his car towed and hit by a U-Haul truck as he ran across yeah. the street. But, um, you know, I was uh, torturing myself to go for lunch when I go for lunch. Uh, so long story short, uh, Avra is a great restaurant. I know John and Margot love it there. It's a great Greek restaurant. I've been there with Danielle, and it's it's walking distance. It's on 60th between 5th and Madison. And on a nice day, and yesterday it was gorgeous, I walked there in about 15 minutes, right by the Plaza Hotel, where I was the night before. And I did meet Takapina for lunch, and boy, did we have a great time. I do want to thank Glenna Schlesinger. She's a manager over at Avra. And uh, she treated us, Bernie, like her, um, I don't know, Give me somebody. Somebody really, really big, exactly. And uh, the place was packed. It was packed 12 o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon, or Tuesday afternoon. But uh, it was a wonderful lunch, and we had a really, really good time. Well, well, wait a second. You, you know, the top defense lawyer in the country. And, right. Uh, the morning co-host of uh, the you know the number one rated show in New York City and, and beyond. You are somebody. What yeah, are you selling you yourself that, short for? Come when on. You, when you put it that way, B. <laughs> Come on, you am somebody. You're going out to L.A. to act. Yeah, yeah. maybe an appetizer on a piece of cake wasn't enough. You get, exactly. you got a book coming out in August, for God's sakes. Come on, right? Now I'm going to complain. I am somebody. <laughs> I am somebody. So we uh, we had a wonderful time, and uh, he loved coming on with you and I and the whole thing. So uh, that was a lot of fun yesterday. So I'm having this uh, conversation with, with Danielle last night, and uh, she works with this with this young lady. I don't want to give too much away, but she, um, she she's getting divorced, right? In, in her religion, in her religion, she uh, it's, it's shameful to get divorced, right? And she's like 20-something years old. She's very attractive, but she's like washed up because in her religion, she's no longer a virgin. So now she becomes kind of thrown away. You know what I'm talking about when I say in her religion, Bernard? Uh, Allah Akbar? Yeah, very close. There you go. Okay. All right. I got right. you. Well, mo- most religions, it's frowned upon, but some religions take it to an extreme. Right. Hers to an extreme. So they're going to go out and celebrate the divorce, but because of her religion, <laughs> she doesn't drink. So it's not like Danielle can take oh. it to the bar, have a couple of drinks. Damn. So I said, oh, like, what, what are you going to do if you take this girl on? You know? I want to do something that's just going to be nice and calm. I said, okay, that's fine. 
girl can't drink. You're not going to a Chippendales. I get it. What are you going to do? What's nice and calm? You ready with this? They're going axe throwing. I go, how the hell is that <laughs> nice and calm? They have these clubs uh, in New York City where you throw axes. Are you familiar with this, Bernie? Oh, sure, yeah. My son has uh, yeah, frequented them uh, several times. Is that right? He does yeah, it? Very, very enjoyable, yes. Oh, yeah. Well, what do you do? I, I came in a mat. You walk you throw in. Throw an axe. But who do you, you throw the axe at? Well, at a wall, or you can throw it at the instructor if you want, but it's that's frowned upon as well. Yeah. But you throw it at the wall and hope uh, it sticks in the way they threw axes back in the day, the way Indians used to throw axes at the uh, the white man, the settlers. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. No, it's a real thing. It's a real phenomenon, and it's wildly uh, popular, believe it or not. It has been for quite some time. Got to tell you, at least a year or two, I would say. Okay, well, there you have it. So that's uh, that's what they're going to do coming up on uh, Friday night. So that's but, I don't, like... but to your point, I don't see how it's relaxing. Yeah, relaxing. Or quiet. <laughs> yeah. So you and I have worked together through a lot of, like, major events over the last six years. And uh, some of these events, Gabby Lopez, axe throwing is awesome. She loves it, Chad's daughter. So some of these events took place uh, during our show. And the one that comes to mind right away, of course, was Jim Comey delivering that whole speech about Hillary Clinton, where for 30 minutes he told us she was basically guilty, and then at the end said, but we're not going to do anything about it. You remember that? That was July a, of 2016, <laughs> I believe, was the uh, the date. That's exactly right. There you go. So uh, right now there is something going on that's very, very big. The Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, is addressing Congress. And uh, Danielle just sent me a text. She goes, why is Nancy Pelosi smiling? What is she smiling about? There's a war going on. The guy from Ukraine is, is begging for help. And I said, why? Because all Democrats, for the most part, I shouldn't say all, but the overwhelming majority are not, quote, unquote, common sense people. They're garbage. And Nancy Pelosi is at the very top of the list. That's why. But um, here it is. Uh, this, this Congress is packed this morning watching this guy on TV. And, and this is one place, Bernie, to be honest, I have no desire to be. None. No. Uh, listen, He's just going to repeat what he said to the Canadian Parliament yesterday. We know what he's going to say, what he's going to ask for. And, uh, you know, listen, the guy, give him props. He could have he could have uh, fled Kiev, Kiev and uh, set up a government in exile. I mean, but he didn't. So he's a courageous guy in that regard. But uh, you're not going to get a no-fly zone. You're not going to get the United States to directly deliver you MiGs. And nobody else wants to do it because they're afraid of, of, of ramifications from Russia. So, uh, no, I have no desire. I mean, we've seen the movie before. It's getting tedious now. And I hate to say that because there's a lot of suffering going on. But uh, one of the things he said yesterday, as I mentioned earlier, was he said that, hey, you know what? On second thought, we, we don't want to be part of NATO. In other words, he was throwing an olive branch out to Putin. Right. He's ready to negotiate. And that is a, a, a positive sign, hopefully – they can do that, end this uh, stupid thing, and we can move on with our lives. But, uh, yeah. no, I have no desire whatsoever. And we mentioned earlier, I did, and you you, 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 you did probably last week. As a matter of fact, I think you did. Anyway, whatever. Uh, that this the hero worship now, this exalted, vaunted status uh, of Zelensky, this uh, rapid rise, and, and with some justification. But we've getting, gotten burned before. You had... Uh, the similar thing with Governor Cuomo, similar thing with Dr. Fauci, similar thing with uh, Michael Avenatti, the real scum that he was. And they all turned out to be frauds yep, and, and, yep. and worse than that. They were yep. evil people, actually. Yeah, and that's not – look, I did say it last week. He's not going to become that. He's just not. 
But uh, I believe he's losing, uh, no disrespect to Peter King, some of that hero status. He's coming off a little on the maniacal side, if you ask me. They just showed a live shot right here on our stream, WABCradio.tv, WABCradio.tv. Again, great job, Gabby Lopez, Eric Salas, and a host of others. And it looks to me like just about everybody in that chamber in Congress right now, just about everybody, is wearing a mask. Oh, really? I haven't no, seen that. No, that, that's the Canadian Parliament they were oh, showing. Oh, oh my bad. That's Trudeau. That's Canada. That's You're right. That's the Canadian Parliament. It's, it's Parliament. It's not here in uh, The stupid in Canucks. Yeah, why are they showing that for? Why are they showing the Canadian Parliament? Why are they show that, Justin? Uh, beats me. It's confusing. Well, I guess they had it ready to go. Just, right. Uh, I, I'm sure they're they're showing it in reference to what he's doing right now, okay. which is uh, which is just yelling Congress. and screaming. We're not giving up. We're not giving up. We're not giving up. Which again, on face value, seems very brave and very courageous. And God bless him, the Ukrainian people. But because at some point, it goes from brave to stupid because there's just so many times you could look at a video of an innocent family in their cars shot to death by Russians for doing nothing other than driving their car in the streets. Become stupid right. after a while. It, yeah, it is admirable, as you say, to a certain extent. But, uh, again, uh, as I've pointed out, as other people have pointed out, at what, you know, at what, what moment do you say enough is enough? Innocent people getting killed. Uh, get this thing over with. Sue for peace. Don't you, you know we're giving them false hope, sending them arms uh, as we should, javelins, stingers, all that stuff. Yeah. But they're not going to win. No, they're not going to win. They're yeah. not going to win. So uh, forget it. Let, let's 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 get Putin. Let's negotiate something and get this over with. They're not part of NATO, so don't feel guilty. We we're, we're under no obligation necessarily to help them out. Yes, they say they were a democracy. They were a very corrupt democracy. Yeah, very corrupt. Yes, there's yeah. a lot of problems with this government yeah. before, you know, the invasion happened, and then all of a sudden it's, it's, this guy turns out to be George Washington. But uh, <laughs> and, and yeah. he's, he's going around with these camos, these green shirts, and his beard and all that stuff. Yeah. I don't know. Just something seems a little bit off. I'm not sure what, and if I'm wrong, I apologize in advance. Me too. But uh, that's my. Uh, that's I got my the opinion. same feeling. Felt the same way. So since I mentioned uh, Danielle with the axe throwing, and you mentioned the fact that your son has done this, and Gabby Lopez chimed in, my phone has not stopped blowing up. It seems like everybody. I guess there's a big place in Ramsey, New Jersey, according to Lori, and all over the city. So I guess have you done this, Justin? There's a big deal. This axe throwing. Have you done this? The axe throwing? No, I haven't done it. But um, they've got places all over the place now where you can go well, and you can get wasted. Do, and then do you want to do uh, it? Axes do you want to do that? I, no, would, I, I would do it. Yeah. Listen, if you're going to do it, do it quickly because I understand there's a shortage of axes. They've been sending the axes to the Ukraine <laughs> to the people to help fight the uh, barbaric Ruskies. Right. It reminds me, Bernie always gets very upset. Like, Bernie's a very patient person, uh, much more patient than me. But uh, over the years, the one thing that Bernie has always complained about is when radio hosts, instead of say, ask, say, X. So anytime I mention an axe, we're talking about, you know, the actual oh, he hates weapon. It. Hates he hates Right? No, Bernie, you, you, go, right. you hate that. And I, I well, agree it's, with him. it's unnecessary. I mean, yeah. you see these, these Jersey Shore type people and others who I won't, uh, uh, you know, name. But uh, certain it's demographics awesome. say, uh, they say axe. <laughs> and it's an easily fixed problem. I mean, uh, axe. Do you say, okay, do you say this? <gasps> I'm going to wear a because of COVID. I'm going to wear a max. <laughs> no, you don't. Say you don't that. say that. You no. say mask. So right. you, you're you're able to say it. So why don't you say ask instead of axe? It makes no sense, and it makes you sound really, really stupid. 
It does make you sound very, very stupid. I agree with you. So um, so we covered the Zelensky thing and what's going on right now in Congress as Putin continues to, uh, to wage war. We covered the, uh, the axe-throwing thing, which is uh, going down on, uh, on Friday night. Uh, we covered the fact that uh, when for lunch yesterday with Takapina to Abra, which is a great Greek restaurant on 60th and Madison, and according to Bernie, I thought they'd take very good care of me, but when Bernie laid out exactly who we were, Takapina and Rosenberg, turns out uh, a bit disappointing. Now, looking back at uh, <laughs> yesterday's lunch, see how quickly it turns, uh, Louis? You see that? It turns in like two seconds. Boom. Less than that. Less than two seconds, yes. I was going to ask you about that. But... Yeah. And then one more time, just uh, just as Bernie would say, for laughs. Because I know we've got sports coming up at 9.30. But then we've got Tom, Pont, uh, Tom Berger on the game coming up. Oh, this is too good. Yeah, you have to do this. The esteemed governor herself, uh, this uh, Kathy Hochul. And I use the word esteemed, obviously, uh, very sarcastically. She's uh, the worst. I am not she's the worst, but she's one of the worst. She um, she was all giddy last week at the Harvard Club about dropping the ceremonial first puck at the Rangers game, seemingly having no idea how she'd be treated by our Ranger brethren. I mean, I'm a diehard New York Ranger fan. I know this year. Luke is also a diehard Ranger fan. So she goes out there last night, puts on her Ranger jersey, a blue Ranger jersey, and walks onto the ice to drop the first puck before the Rangers beat the Ducks in overtime. And let's just say that Kathy Hochul was not expecting this response. Governor Hochul began her career in public service in the greater Buffalo area, oh, come on. served in Congress, and was twice elected lieutenant governor. <laughs> come on. Here to drop tonight's ceremonial first puck, <laughs> a champion of women's rights and oh, leader of the great state there. of New York, uh, please welcome Governor Kathy uh, Hochul. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. They treated uh, Dennis wow. Potvin better. At, uh, that was terrific. <laughs> That'll be the next chant <laughs> from the Raptors. Right. Hulkle sucks. Hulkle sucks. Hulkle sucks. If Eric Adams dropped the puck at the Garden, how would the Ranger fans be? i, I got to think the same way, right? Uh, I'm not sure I mean, bail reform is not his fault. He tried. If you hear the one more time, I'm going to puke all over myself. He tried. It's not his fault. They slammed the door in his face. But, um... Eh, maybe he, they wouldn't treat him the same. Maybe you're it's right, a, right. you know what it, it shows. There's an uh, educated fan base in, in the Rangers. There, they know what's going on. Oh yeah, because this uh, no cash bail law thing that got Todd Kaminsky uh, kicked out of politics. Period. He's not running for office again at all. He's going back to a law practice. And it's worth mentioning that Ann Donnelly, who beat Todd Kaminsky, who's a lovely lady who I spoke to last week, mind you. She did me a, a favor, a personal favor. She uh, she is doing a great job in her job, just like Bruce Blakeman is out there in Nassau County. Absolutely. But uh, the range of fans... I mean, it's a wonder they didn't throw, uh, you know, octopus and stuff <laughs> out at, on, the, on the ice. I think they do that in Detroit or whatever. They but do. It's, it's Very refreshing good. to see, and it portends uh, good things to come in November, that people are paying attention and know uh, who's betraying who. The governor is betraying the people of New York. She picked a lieutenant governor, by the way, who is a ardent, fervent Black Lives Matter advocate, a defund the police guy. That's A. And then she refuses. She says, no, I'm cool with the no-cash bail law. So uh, people know about it, and that's thus the booze. And uh, honestly, it was better than watching, uh, you know, porn or something like that, <laughs> well, listening well, to that. i well, got to tell you. Well, you're a guy that sometimes will root for players 
and teams based on events. Like me, I'm stuck with my teams. Nothing's going to change out. It doesn't matter. But you, 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 you will move your your um, your fandom to a different team if, in fact, somebody does something that you like. You've been a lifelong Islander fan your whole life, but the Ranger fans destroyed Hochul last night. Are you ready? to move over and convert yourself to a Ranger fan this morning. Well, the truth of the matter is I've been a Ranger fan all oh, my life. I, I grew up in the Bronx, and uh, I, I used to listen to the Rangers on 77, uh, excuse me, 66 WNBC back in the 70s when Marv Albert called the games. Yep. So, no, I'm a longtime Ranger fan, and uh, now this just renewed my passion, uh, my allegiance to the uh, the Rangers right there. I mean, I love the fans did that. Um, um, go Rangers. I'm going to start watching the games now. <laughs> i got to tell plus, you. Plus, one of my dear friends and yours, turns out uh, I just, I'm just i a friend of his through sports, but he loves you because of your appearances way back going on Fox News. One of the all-time Ranger greats, the great number 10. He's banging Sarah Palin these days. Ronnie Duguay, New York right. Ranger, one of your favorite people. Exactly right. Ron Duguay, one of my guys who, yeah, who, who actually I didn't know who he was. He ran up to me at WABC uh, a few years ago when we were over at Two Penn Plaza. And he's like, it's great to meet you. It's great to meet you. And I'm like, thank you. It's great to meet you as well. And by the way, who are you? <laughs> I didn't even know who he was. That's true. But, uh, so, yeah, Ron, that Ron Duguay, he's yeah. uh, a great guy. Yeah, Rangers all the way. Uh, fan base like that. Give it to me 24-7. I love it. I love that. Bernard McGurk, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. When we get back, this guy used to be the host on Dancing with the Stars. He's done so many great things over his career. He's a terrific actor, too, and a really bright guy, making his second appearance, actually, on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show. Buddy, Tom Bergeron with Bernie and Sid is next. Oh, yeah. Oh, this song. Look at that cute picture of Tom Bergeron with, like, some award he won in his car, smiling, convertible. He probably used to dance at his stuff way back when, Bergeron. They call that an Emmy, okay? That's fine. I've got ten of those, too. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so you guys know, of course, but I'm flying out to California to shoot Gemini Lounge next weekend, but that's one of three movie projects I'm involved in. But i got to tell you about this one other movie, one of the three. And um, back way back when, in 1963, there was a guy named Tito DeAngelis who had this uh, this soybean oil for salad, you know, the whole thing. And um, he ended up uh, stealing a whole bunch of money. American Express, it was a huge stock market scandal, and he, he nearly crashed the whole market. The only reason why it wasn't a bigger story than it was was because when all that stuff was going down, that was about the time President Kennedy was assassinated back in 63. So, long story short, our good buddy Ron and Santa Bernie is making a movie with CNBC about that specific stock market scandal. Okay, right. And he sends, you know, he, he's been, you know, he's been telling me for months you're going to be in the movie. He, you know, he knows I'm in Gravesend, I'm in Gemini Lounge, blah blah blah. So he um, he says we're going to read from the script on President's Day, which was a couple of weeks ago. I said, great, Zoom from your house, and you're going to try out for these specific roles. So I hop on the Zoom that day, and there's four or five people on the Zoom, Ron and Santa, some other actors and actresses, and they have one guy who's got to read, Bernie, the entire script, 116 pages, every location, every, every word leading up to the character parts. And this guy read this script with such perfection, 
I was I was in awe just watching them. I couldn't get up from my kitchen table, not because of the actors or the actresses, but because of him. And it turns out this guy is Tom Bergeron, the very talented host of Dancing with the Stars, all the great stuff he's done over sure. the years. Bernie, I sat there wide-eyed. He was so good. He didn't stammer. He didn't. He didn't. Um, you know. He didn't uh, mess up one word. Not one in a hundred and sixteen-page script. So, with that said, here he is. Got up early this morning, live from the great state of California. Bernie and Sid's buddy Tom Bergeron. Good morning, Tom. Hello, Tom. Hey, hey you know, based on that introduction, I should probably stop right now. It's not going to get better than that. <laughs> no, no, but I'm serious, I, Tom. I was what, and I know, I know who you were, and I'm saying, "Oh my God, that's Bergeron, the voice, the face." You were just, you were so spectacular that day. I, I, it really drove home why you've had such a great career, to be honest. Oh, thank you, Sid. i got to tell you, as I, when we were exchanging texts about me coming on with you on the show, I, I appreciated your, your uh, compliments. But again, the script was pretty damn good. It, it was. It's, a, yeah. it's, a good, it's, it's easy to sound good with uh, good material. Well, I appreciate uh, you saying that, and the script is very, very good, and the material is very, very good, and I think it's going to make for a very, very good movie, and we'll see where it takes us here a couple of months, Tom Bergeron, down the road. So uh, we talk about Dancing with the Stars quite a bit on this show, too, and I know Tyra Banks now has that uh, job. She's basically hosting the show. Actually, Bernie, Bernie, his impressions of every one of the judges is spot on. Bernie, give him a couple of your impressions. Uh, I can't do it right now. Oh, because. You can't yeah. do it right now. Well, uh, uh, extenuating circumstances. Okay. But right. It is terrific. It's wonderful. No, I could do uh, also the, the British guy, but... Uh, Bruno. In, yeah. In this particular... Well, I'm wrong here. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work right here, but... Uh, no, that was good. Uh, it's not sounding familiar yet. <laughs> no. Und- and and uh, for good reason. Trust me when I tell you. No, he, he, listen, he, he's not feeling well these days, Bernard, but he does a mean impression of all of them. But it's a very simple question, Tom. You were so great in that role on that show. Do you miss it? No. I, <laughs> I don't, actually. Because towards the end, the last for the last... I would say year and a half. There were different people in charge of the show. We had very different uh, belief systems about how to make the show the best it could be. So, you know, I, having said that, though, the vast majority of the time I was there was absolutely wonderful. Um, at the end, it just sort of uh, reached a natural conclusion. Let's put it that. Let's put it that way. <laughs> well, you know, you're not starving for uh, work or anything like that. You've a couple of projects, Tom Bergeron, and one of them is with the legendary actor uh, William Shatner. Tell us about that. Yeah, you know, when he's not busy uh, going up in Jeff Bezos' uh, rocket uh, <laughs> in his face. Bill has been a friend for many years, and, and uh, I was uh, we were having lunch outside his house. He, he told me, you're the first non-family member to come here during the pandemic. Wow. So we were having lunch, and I told him about a real-life story that happened. That my sister and I bought back our family home. And uh, we started talking about that, and Bill, in his typical enthusiasm, said, Tom, that's a movie. <laughs> and I said, I don't know if that's a movie, but, yeah. you know, so maybe a story inspired by it. So that's what we ended up sort of breaking a story inspired by that. And Village Roadshow uh, is now uh, developing it as a holiday film. Oh, wow. Us. 
Yeah. Well, that sounds very, very nice. Uh, Tom Bergeron, TV host, comedian, author, just a uh, very talented guy. So Bernie oh, brings up God. your project with uh, Bill Shatner, and I know you're also involved, Tom, with the possibility of uh, of a game show. I know that you are. I, I think you shot a pilot. Did you shoot the pilot for that? Yes, we did. We shot it uh, last June. Uh, my One of my partners is Harry Friedman, who was the executive producer of both wheel and jeopardy at the same time wow and uh and so we shot this sort of reboot of an old show called tic-tac-toe and given my tenure on hollywood squares i do have ample tic-tac-toe experience (laughs) Uh, so we're waiting on a on an official green light but as i said to harry i said you know if this if this pilot was a fetus it's in its third trimester they better have a birth announcement soon yeah, that's funny, man. That's funny right there. Tom Bergeron on the Bernie and Sid Show. Tom, and there's more. I mean, you get into it on the Internet, a web series that uh, you co-produce, you, you act in. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really wonderful thing. We shot it, actually, just prior to the pandemic. Uh, it's called Down the Middle. I play the uh, retiring dad of a sort of flighty adult daughter, and he wants to give the business to both her and his more serious business-oriented uh, female assistant. And these two women have to basically figure out how to work together and duke it out. And uh, and it's going to get a, a, a premiere at the uh, Lemley North Hollywood uh, Theater on, I think, the 31st. We're having a having a special screening of that. Uh, you are living the life. Dan, you, live you really are, Tom. So, so way back when, Bernard, my partner, uh, we both worked with Don Imus. I don't even know who Imus was, Tom. And, and uh, Bernie used to work at WNBC when Howard Stern was there. I oh, to, sure. Yes. Sure. Now, I, to this day, I remain a Howard Stern fan, even though I can't stand his politics. Bernie, not so much. But uh, <laughs> well, we shouldn't go there then. <laughs> no, we shouldn't. No but, no, but, no, but it's fine because I still listen. And I've heard you over the years do stuff on that show. And and, yeah. and and one thing that you and Bernie have in common, which does go back to some of your Stern stuff, is both Tom Bergeron and Bernard McGurk are huge Three Stooges fans. How yes. about that? Yes. I don't know if, you, if you've both heard, but uh, at Howard's uh, urging when I did his show back when I was promoting a book, uh, I had written about talking to both Mo and Larry when I was 16 years old and recording interviews. And Howard encouraged me to look for them. They were on quarter-inch tape in the basement in my house. And we turned those interviews, the ones I could salvage, into a 90-minute special. And one of the most surreal experiences for me a couple of years back, I was driving down Laurel Canyon to a production meeting at, uh, for the dancing show, listening to the playback of 16-year-old me talking yeah. to Mo Howard. I heard that. And it was like, wow. yeah. it felt like I was in a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> Of course, uh, Curly. I mean, he was the uh, he was the really the star. Without Curly, they would never yeah. have gotten off the ground. Yeah. Well, interestingly, Curly, uh, Mo, and Shemp were brothers. Uh, it was Mo, Larry, and Shemp who were the original Three Stooges in vaudeville, uh, and then Shemp went to do. Uh, this is so in the weeds here. Shemp went off to do the Joe Palooka movie series, and so the younger brother Jerry Howard Curly was recruited to uh, to be the third stooge when they went to Columbia to do the shorts. How about that? So his, his athleticism and, uh, and, and his whoa, 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 the whole thing. I mean, it was just, uh, he made it. He made the whole thing. He, he really did. Mo told me in the interview, he said when Curly would forget his lines, that's when he'd drop to the floor and spin in a circle. And, <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Yeah. Well, see, this is fascinating stuff. Tom Bergeron, TV host, comedian, author, and Three Stooges expert as well. So, so listen, you've done it all. You've hosted big shows on primetime networks, the game shows. You've done it all. Uh, there's got to be something out there, Tom Bergeron, that you have not done that's on the bucket list to do. Well, what, what, what is out there that you must do, Tom Bergeron? Well, I got to tell you, I'm kind of doing it now. And and when we uh, did that Zoom uh, script read, yep. that was I I had such a good time with that because even though what I was doing was reading all of the, the screen directions, by the time you get to the third act, that's almost all of what it was, and it was an intercut, rapid you know succession of scenes. Yes, and and I just completely you know, got into the acting of it. So, uh, yeah, so that's fun for me. That's a different... I just did a uh, guest spot on a sitcom on NBC called American Auto. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. you know, things like that at this particular stage in my career. I don't have a, a particular hankering to host anything, uh, although if they pick up that pilot, I'll change my mind. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But I'm really, I'm really having a ball just doing this kind of uh, out-of-left-field stuff that I'm doing now. Well, you were exceptional that day. You really were. You were so good. And, and I did notice that uh, most of the time when I read my lines, you were laughing. And I said, hey, if I'm getting a laugh from Tom Bergeron, I must be doing something. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and then they said, hey, Sid, you were great. I said, you know, no, it was great because Bergeron kept laughing. Oh, anyway. there you go. How long are you going to be on this coast, Sid, when you come out to shoot? I'm going to be out there from uh, this Sunday, the 20th, and I shoot right up until Friday night, the 25th, coming back Saturday. So nearly a whole week. So if you want to buy me dinner, that's fine. Well, I was going to say, we could, as they say on the West Coast, we could do lunch maybe if, Let's you, do it. if you got some time. Let's do it. I will I will text you when I get out to Los Angeles. Uh, I want to thank you for coming on with me and Bernie today. And again, for that experience on that Zoom for that movie for CNBC. You were really great. You're a super guy. Continued success and, and keep, uh, keep coming back. I'll call you when I get to Los Angeles next weekend, pal. Sounds great. Look forward to seeing you in person. Take care, guys. Take care. Uh, there he is, Tom Bergeron on the Bernie and Sid in the Morning Show, Bernard. Yeah, indeed. He was great. Uh, we covered everything from William Shatner to uh, to Curly Howard, for God's sakes. <laughs> beat Bernie. It's time to beat Bernie. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters. You think you can beat Bernie? It's time to be Bernie. All right, be Bernie coming up. All I can think about is a very tough choice here, Alec. I need your help with this. My beautiful wife, Danielle. She, uh, <laughs> MBWD is how they refer to her now, my beautiful wife, Danielle. She, uh, we did uh, the shop uh, this week, Christie's, you know, the whole thing. And uh, we got tuna and we got monster cheese. So I like to make myself tuna and monster cheese on an English muffin with ruffles, potato chips, and a Diet Coke, and that's my lunch. You can just call it a tuna melt if you want. Except I don't melt the cheese. But you're right. Same thing. Same type of thing. So I can do that. It's already in the house. I don't have to spend a penny, which is good, because I'm, you know, I'm moving, and I can't afford to move where I'm moving anyway. Uh, or I could just go out and go to the diner and get a Greek salad. So what should I do? I mean, listen, uh, I always feel inclined after a food shopping uh, binge. To eat home, right? No, to order to order dinner. <laughs> I know. That, that's the thing. And she goes, I don't get it. We just spent all it's this like money. It's like a reward. On... It's stupid, though. She's it, right. It's, it's very stupid. I do the same thing you do. I, I do it all the time. Yeah, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to grow up and be an adult about this and go home and have lunch. It's like, uh, I just spent $240 on food. I'm going to go out and, and blow 30 bucks on a Greek salad for what? You want to bet? No, you're probably right. Okay. <laughs> Here's Liz in uh, Old Greenwich. Elizabeth, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Tuna fish or a Greek salad in the diner, Liz? What do I do? 
a Greek salad. Oh, you're going with the Greek salad. Okay. There this you have is, it. She's an enabler. She's a vote again. The neighbor, exactly right. Yeah. Are you ready to play, Elizabeth? No. You're not ready? Are you nervous? <laughs> well, yeah. So um, I have my Google ready. So <laughs> yeah, good. I, I like a good cheater who's honest about cheating. you got to like that. Um, all right. Are you really nervous or not really? I didn't expect to do this. I called because I was going to let everybody know there that the live video wasn't really working. And then they asked me, and I said, okay. You know, they do that so. stuff all the time. You call for something else, and they browbeat you into playing this stupid game, and next thing you know, you you, 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 you know, you don't want, really want to play. I, I would no, like I a, do. Oh, you do? Okay. Just take a shot at tequila. Take a shot well, at tequila. I mean, honestly, that's partially on you because you wait so damn long to give out the number. No, that's not why. People know the number. They listen every day. Well, uh, we know that people know the number, but they wait until your call to action. Is that what happened, Liz? I don't know. Yeah. She doesn't want to talk to you. Right <laughs> You're annoying the hell out of her, he bro. He gave you an excuse. I didn't like play the damn game. All right, let's, here we go. Here's number one. Mon, Monrovia. Monrovia, named in honor of President James Monroe, is the capital of what country? Um, It is. Bear with me. She's cheating. Uh, She's cheating. Clearly. Clearly. Hurry up. Come on. I, <laughs> It is Italy. Wait, hold on. No, no, too late. No, 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 no. I mean, you can't cheat and still get it wrong, sweetheart. need a better computer. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's uh, Liberia is the answer we're looking for. Okay. Oh, my God. I was going to say that. Come on. Get that finger working. In what year did Jesse Owens famously win four gold medals at at the Summer Olympics? What year was that? It was... um, I'll give you a hint. It was the year after 1935. 1936. How'd you get that? If, what? What? That, that, that makes me very unhappy. It wasn't such a good hint. It was, you literally gave her the oh, answer. that's how you're looking no, at it. No, he did it. Thank you, no, Liz. Thank you. I think it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a big hint, but you figured it out. After originally being marketed as a sequel prior to its 2015 release, Go Set a Watchman is actually a first draft of what Harper Lee novel? My son's middle name is Atticus, and it came from this book. That's true. Um, 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 come on. Are you serious? Yes, I'm very serious. Yes, the Killer Mockingbird. Yes, the Killer Mockingbird is right. You know, my middle name is like this from that book, yes. Uh, number four, is it true or false? So you can't get this one wrong. You've got 50% chance. The carving of Mount Rushmore was completed after Alaska became a member of the United States. Is that true or false? Tick, tick. Two up balls. Come on, sweetie. Give me one. <laughs> Say the damn word. Two up balls, Liz. Not too late. False. Rushmore was 41. Alaska was 59. You're incorrect. Uh, last one. In 2010, Elizabeth, the largest marine oil spill occurred when 210 million gallons of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico with the blame falling on what company? BP. Yes. She got three right. I, I got to tell you, not bad, Liz. Okay, he's going to count it. Sure. What? She did good. Okay. All right, stay on hold, sweetheart. Let's see if Bernie does any better, okay? All right. Bernie, uh, are you there, son? Sydney, I'm here. Four right and you win today, okay? Four right? Okay, let's go. And by the way, I apologize. I kind of put you on the spot there with uh, with Bernie, but I just love the way you do the um, Ain't no those thing, impressions. My brother. And, uh, yeah. you know, so. 
Right just uh, but you were great anyway. And uh, <laughs> today wasn't a great time, but it's <laughs> all good, my brother. It's I all good. I forget because you sound so great and you're strong. And you sound. I forget that you're even not feeling well. Certain. You know that so, that requires sorry. an extra bit of projection, yes. which yes. Uh, I can't yes. muster up right now. All right, you were still great, and uh, he was too. So here we go. Four right, and you win. Here's number one, Bernard McGurk, Monrovia, named in honor of President James Monroe, is the capital of what country? That would be uh, where they sent the free blacks back to Africa, Liberia. Very good. In what year, Bernard, did Jesse Owens famously win four gold medals at the Summer Olympics? That would be 1936, Sydney. After originally being marketed as a sequel prior to its 2015 release, Go Set a Watchman is actually a first draft of what famous Harper Lee novel? My son's Nick uh, Middleton. To Kill a Mockingbird. That's right. All right, you got one of these two right. You win today's game. You've been perfect tonight. True or false? The carving of Mount Rushmore was completed after Alaska became a member of the United States. False. Right. Mount Rushmore, 1941. Alaska, 1959. Bernie's already won, but he could go perfect today. Bernard, in 2010, the largest marine oil spill occurred when 210 million gallons of oil spilled into the Gulf of Mexico with the blame falling on what company? That was, uh, I believe it was BP, British Petroleum. Oh, How do you like that? That's a good comeback from yesterday where I uh, I embarrassed myself yesterday. You were the man today, though. Did well, you, did you uh, play the game naked again today? Uh, the whole show. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> Why not? Say hello to Liz, Bernie. Great job. Five to three, today's final score. How you doing, Lizzie? Hi. Good where you at? Hear from you. Good to hear from you. Where are you? Uh, Old Greenwich, Connecticut. Oh, nice, nice, sweet. Old Greenwich. Uh, so, listen, uh, how are things up in Connecticut? No more masks, no more COVID restrictions. Uh, things well, are. No, what? Well, it's not good because I, you know, I've been in the medical field for 20 years and I can't get a job anywhere doing anything medical because I'm not vaccinated. Oh, my God. These idiots. You went from a hero to, uh, well, villain, really, in like two years. Just that's that's awful. I'm sorry to hear that. So hopefully it'll change soon. I don't know. Wishful thinking. I hope so. What do you? What do you? Are you worried that, uh, as a woman, uh, what are you in, in particular worried about with the vaccine? I don't know what's in it, and there's so many side effects. No, stop shaking your head, Sydney. I see you. I will not do the vaccine. I will never. I'm not anti-vax. By the way, there's nothing to do with what you're saying, sweetheart. I just had a burp attack. I literally burped like six times in a row. I'm having horrible indigestion. <laughs> so the faces I'm making is not because you're not back vaccinated. I don't care if you're vaccinated or not. But okay, I will say this. Okay, okay. But no, I will say this, Liz. When you, I guess she's watching us on TV. When you say you don't know what's in it, have you ever done cocaine or smoked a joint or any of that stuff? Be honest. The vaccine is killing people across the world. Has well, nothing to do with weed. Has nothing to do with. Wait a second. Wait, 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 wait a second. Answer the question because you don't know what's in that stuff either. Now, by the way, it's killing people. But we have no problem putting stuff up our nose that's transported up somebody's anus from Mexico. But you're worried about a vaccine for the uh, for the COVID? Really? Well, I'm not. I'm not worried about 
the COVID is, is killing people around oh, the no, world. Oh, no, it's, no, it's not. No, come on. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yes, and, and, but, players in no, Europe. Um, yes, yes, it is. And you know what? There's 17 pages of side effects that they just released. Everything has side and effects. Elizabeth. This oh. is Wait. Bottom line, this is America. No. No, I'm with you. You should be able to choose, and, and I'm fine if you don't. But don't give me the side effects nonsense. I mean, have you heard one commercial for any pill well, yet where for 20 minutes I don't tell you about diarrhea, heart attacks, you're going to well, die, you're going to this, you're going to this, you're going to die. I mean, come on. Well, in Liz's defense, the, the drug companies, Pfizer, they won't allow you to sue them if something does go wrong. So uh, oh, that's not exactly, uh, you know, a very promising sign. No, it's right? not. And it's also not very it's also very un-American, to your point, Bernard, which is making people get it. It's also un-American, but the excuses are just silly. Anyway, Liz, you're I great. Was, I refuse, but I have to find a whole new profession or move to Florida. <laughs> <laughs> well, we love you, and uh, whatever you do, you, it's going to work out, okay? You, you are, I love you. You were so fun today. So we love much. you, too. Thank you. Thank the you. The highlight of my day. Thank, Thank you, sweetheart. Thank uh, you. So, so I, I almost died just now. She thought I was making fun of her, but I... I you saw what happened there, uh, Justin? Well, I, I was going to say, it's like all, all day long, you're begging begging and pleading for them to watch the show on TV, <laughs> and then you get caught doing something stupid. No, that's stupid. I've got horrible indigestion. I was burping for like five minutes straight. I couldn't whether stop. It was, whether it was intentional or unintentional, it looked really stupid. <laughs> You couldn't wait eight more minutes and then wait till the show's over? He's just one gassy yeah. boy. I was swallowing my own tongue, you son of a bitch. I almost died here just now. Yeah, poor just, lady. Just poor just lady. Concerned. She's unemployed. She's uh, destitute. And you're, you're mocking her <laughs> on TV. Oh, no, she did. She thought I was making fun of her because my face was... Well, okay, I'll go with that story. Hey, Bern, you got to see. You're going to... Well, play it tomorrow because you were playing the game. You weren't paying attention to the TV screen. When you see the... The faces I was making. If you thought I was talking about you at the time, you would have reacted the same way that she did because the, the faces were so ridiculous. But it was like uh, literally eight, eight or nine burps after another. I couldn't stop the succession of burping. It was terrible. That is nasty, <laughs> but uh, hilarious at the same time. Oh uh, yeah, we'll check it out tomorrow. All right, we done. What are we doing here? Well, we got a break. Can we come <laughs> back sure. and say goodbye? Oh, let's break. Probably. All yeah, right, we'll come back and say now. <laughs> okay, we'll be right back. Sponsored by Fearless Boilers and Pavilion Tankless Water Heaters on 77 WABC. All right, that's it. Another phenomenal show. Really, really great show. Peter King, Dr. Mark Siegel, Tom Berger, and all the laughs and all the news. And you have a good time, Bern? Great time. Great time. Shout out to uh, Luke Legrano for his... Uh, his acting prowess this morning. He, he read a, a script pretty well, did he yeah, not? He did. He did a really good job. It was very, very funny and well done. Yes. Happy I can make you guys proud. Yeah, you did twice. Two different things for Bernie today that you were great on. Dramatic. It was a good time, Sid Rosenberg. I look forward to doing it again tomorrow. Yeah, you sound great, man. You sound really, really, really strong. I hope you feel as good as you sound. Have yourself a great Wednesday. I love you. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6. The great Bernard McGurk, the man, the mother-epping man. All the love, Sid Rosenberg. All the the love. You are the best. Lou Rafino, Justin Ellick, Luke Lograno, Frankie Diaz with an E, Deb Valentine, Jack, and the whole crew. We'll do it again tomorrow morning on a Thursday at 6 a.m. Enjoy your sunny Wednesday in New York City. From all of us to all of you. Peace.
This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com. 